You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello there and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of thunderquack.com, which you can get, you know, it's a Patreon thing early Tuesdays and then on Fridays, everybody else, Patreon producers, Brian Moreski, JJ Samuel. We have too many things to talk about for the whole rigmarole. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Gunkin. I Uh, love it. As you started going into it, I was like, didn't we just talk about how we're not going to do this? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. I uh, I gotta keep everybody on their toes. That's the thing. Right. I yeah, man. I I too much, too many things. Last week we did we an actually, episode yeah. of Nuff Said Hawkeye. At the end, we were like, "We'll be back eventually at some point in the near future, <laughs> or maybe not." Uh, to talk about something, hopefully not Doctor Strange, because that means we won't have gotten anything between now and Doctor Strange. I uh, I am here to tell you. Actually, Doctor Strange might be the next thing that we talk about because I because we just got the Moon Knight trailer, which is phenomenal. I I and uh, and the release date for it, which is March 30th. So March 30th, if it's six episodes, that's one episode. The sixth would be the May, uh, April 6th would be the next episode. Right. 13th, 20th, 27th, May 4th would be the final episode. Well, Doctor Strange comes out May sixth, I think. Uh, hey, yeah. I I I double check it, but I'm May pretty sure twentieth. I thought. Is it later in the in in the? In oh the no, uh, it's in not the... because I was assuming when I if I leave that it'll be uh, before that. So yeah, uh, no, yeah, you're right. I think it's yeah, I think May fourth. Uh, no, it's coming oh, out it May fourth. It's it's May fourth on that day. I uh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, so I don't yep um I don't know which one we're gonna talk about first. <laughs> it's gonna be very it's difficult be to figure out how to do that. Um, Moon Knight. It's so funny. Are, we're not sure sure that Moon Knight is gonna be six episodes though. Um, that's another thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. They could throw a real wrench in the situation and make eight episodes. We could they get could. eight episodes of Oscar Isaac, which would be awesome. I'd be here. Uh, Moon, according to Wikipedia, is to, six episodes. Don't they have to release mm. something Star Wars on May 4th, too? Maybe they'll do a double drop of the first episode. That'd be great. And then it avoids May 4th. I, the thing is, is, end that, it, is that I, I, I would have expected them to announce that tonight, right? Like with, with, the, with the trailer, the, the first two episodes. Um, right. But, That's uh, fair. Moon Knight confirmed a six-episode series. Uh, that was back on January 13th. So that was last week. Okay. Um, uh, this is, yeah. this is, this is the news hot off the presses and not at all Googled while we're podcasting. So uh, oh, hundred percent. I, I literally <laughs> said what I was Googling. How many episodes? Is I, know, I, um, no, I know. I <laughs> know. This is 
I just love that it's the format. It's yeah, it's how, it's how we roll here on Thunderquack. So 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 we'll we'll talk about Moon Knight in a second. But I think before we get into that, the interesting thing that I want to talk about is what I said to you and Curtis uh, in our group chat because uh, we have a group chat for for uh, enough said right. And uh, I I said like the I, I don't know what's more surprising if we roll straight from the end of Boba Fett into Obi Wan Kenobi because Obi Wan Kenobi is six episodes. And uh, I think it's six episodes. Didn't we? Did we determine that? I, I feel like we did that. Uh, also, isn't it called just Kenobi? No, it's called Obi Wan no, Kenobi. It should Kenobi? just be called oh. Kenobi. But there's a yeah. book called Kenobi, oh, so they're probably okay. trying to avoid paying the author of that book. That's fair. I because that's fair. Disney's mo. I uh, is I. Uh, <laughs> how can we figure out how to do this? Where we we take inspiration from, but we do not have to pay uh, specific yeah. artists. Um, as much as I love all of the stuff that Disney is producing, and I think that the creatives are doing a lot of things with the best intentions, I think that the legal side of Disney is trying to pull one over uh, on people in general. Oh, I say that because I, I Matt Fraction got a consulting producer, something like that, uh, title on Hawkeye. But David uh, uh, Aya, who uh, is the artist on those same books, didn't get any credit. He got no credit whatsoever on the show and didn't get any money, even though the title sequences are ripped straight from his work. Like it's like oh, they right. you, like they don't look that way without his comics. So like without his illustrations. So it's one of those things where you're like, if Matt Fraction is getting credit for uh, uh, the like story inspired by when the story is so loosely inspired by it. How is David Hyatt not getting uh, uh, paid in some fashion when those costumes they're wearing at the end are almost their costumes from his run, which he designed. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. Anyways, um, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot about it that it's like, yeah, uh, he definitely should be getting credit. And, and Disney has done that a couple of times with, with, uh, with the Marvel stuff where it's like, you guys should probably be kicking some dough at a few people who are very Dude. responsible for what you've created, what you're working on, what you're making. But uh, are they using, I didn't like, realize they're using the same actors in Kenobi, like for, for, um, Amperu and, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course they are. Why wouldn't they? I don't why, know. Why, I just, why would it you seems recast good to ones? be true. Like, honestly, what did we do to deserve Disney plus? Because they just are like, here, remember all of these things from your childhood? I feel like you and I are friends because of Hayden Christensen. <laughs> like, I feel like there's so much yeah. about the prequel trilogy. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just excited for this. Anyways. Well, yeah. The, sorry, the first I... time that you and I hung out like outside of school uh, was me coming over to your house to watch Attack of the Clones on DVD yeah. uh, right yeah. after it had had been released because uh, uh, I didn't have a DVD player. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you uh, gushing about Hayden Christensen and how cute he was. Uh, and me uh, sitting there, me. not at the not at the time, fully understanding, but gushing about Ewan McGregor and how cute he was with his wonderful, <laughs> with his wonderful Jedi mullet, which I was also actually I don't know I don't would have to I'd have to look at 
let's place this in time because I know when I cut that hair. I, I <laughs> did it was you a big deal. did you cut your hair after or before? No, no, no. I so I uh, attack of the clones DVD release date. Uh, what day did I? November twelfth, two thousand and two. So I fully still had my Obi Wan Kenobi mullet uh, at the time. Um, <laughs> I, the Jedi mullet, right? Which isn't really a mullet. It's just that like, you got like, I had the, the, he has the excessively long hair in the back. Um, it's actually all the same length. So there's no, it's all, it's party all over the place, right? No, there's no <laughs> business in the front whatsoever. But I remember the reason why I remember whether or not I still had that hair is because we were doing um, uh, best Christmas pageant ever, right? Uh, that was oh, the show yeah. that we were doing. And I, uh, and it was supposed it's that, that play is set in the, in like the sixties. Um, and, uh, and I had this, I had this, uh, ridiculous haircut that I was very proud of this very long hair, the longest that I've ever grown my hair. And, uh, I, I, over the Christmas break, I got my haircut and I came back. And when I came back, uh, uh, our our drama teacher, the 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 director, uh, Mrs. Rutherford. She like, I walked into the classroom and she was like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You cut your hair now? You couldn't cut your hair before the production? So that like, because like I, because I, it's not like I like got a little like I got like a trim. Like I basically like went down to like like as short as I go with my hair, um, which would have been much more appropriate for the character in, in, in that time period. And it was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I got tired of it. <laughs> I, I, but yeah, so I definitely would have been sitting on that couch next to you with that, uh, with, with that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi haircut. Uh, right on. Which it, it started as, as I wanted it to, I wanted to look like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2. Uh, and uh, and Vanilla Sky, uh, which is which is um, sort of of that era when he had that had the long hair throughout that period. I I but my hair does not do what Tom Cruise's hair does. I I and my hair barely does what Ewan McGregor's does when it's that long, but it's close with enough product. I can make it hold that for about an hour or two. Um, actually, it doesn't do it anymore because now it's not that straight. It it's it's a lot more wavy now, but. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you remember my long hair? Do you remember when I had the long hair? I do remember you having long hair, but I have a terrible memory. So it's mostly probably from photos. I mm. probably have some photographic evidence somewhere of your hair. And therefore there's, that's what there's not a lot of pictures because, uh, Hey kids, I, I, uh, Gen Z, I, we didn't, we didn't have cameras with us all the time. <laughs> Very rarely world. did we have cameras. I remember going on exchange and bringing disposable cameras because yeah. I didn't have a digital camera and it just being the bizarrest. Well, I love that this podcast is turning into a like Mike and Amanda recollect their childhood. Uh, That's what happens, happens when you have shows often. like Obi-Wan Kenobi come out in yeah. 2022 when we're all sitting around with nothing to do but reminisce about the good old times. Um, Jeez. Oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, it's very interesting that it's going to have, you know, you and, and Hayden and, uh, uh, everybody else who's associated with the, uh, with the, the Star Wars 
situation. I mean, I'm stoked that Deborah Chow is directing. That makes me happy. Yeah. Um, because she's Canadian. Well, I mean, for many reasons, but that's one of the things that I like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's a it's cool. it's a good it's a good step forward for uh, mm-hmm. for Disney. Uh, it's very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, we, we were talking about. Oh, so I we're I trying don't to figure know out where it fits in. Yeah, I like, don't know what's what more we... surprising that we get Kenobi right away, or that Disney Plus theoretically has a six week gap from the time that Boba Fett ends until Moon Knight starts where there is no Marvel or Star Wars weekly original programming. Um, And I'm trying to think, I don't think we've had more than a two week gap since WandaVision to uh, Falcon and Witcher. So, and what was that? That was, there was a week, right? There was one week. Yeah, it in wasn't there. even that long. Like, I don't think that it's and they've got to put something in there. Yeah. There has to be they've something coming. There has to be something coming. And it's uh, not gonna be see, this is the weird thing is that it's not probably gonna be Marvel because if Moon Knight happens and then Doctor Strange happens, yeah. they should probably put another Star Wars content in there. Or something that nobody has thought of. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird yeah. time. There's definitely, there's enough for six weeks though, right? There's basically a six week gap from end of Boba there's, Fett until. There's, there's six the, weeks theoretically from the end yeah. of Boba Fett to the beginning of Moon Knight. Um, yeah. Cause Boba Fett is seven episodes. So we've got four weeks left of it. Um, yeah. And if you, if you, if you plot that out on the calendar, it's like, yeah, it's, it's right there. There's six weeks in between and there are six episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but there are also six episodes of Miss Marvel, and there are also six episodes of Echo. Apparently, like it's like a, a lot of these shows are six episodes. Um, could fit a bunch of stuff in there. Maybe it'll be yeah. something we haven't even heard of yet, and they'll be like, "Surprise!" Uh, yeah, I don't think that that'll be the case. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I literally like I don't know. Uh, I, let's I, let's look it up. Disney Plus twenty twenty two. And see everything coming, everything Disney Plus original coming in 2022. What's on DisneyPlus.com? It's the whole point of this website. I would imagine that they've got their act together. Uh, let's see how much they've Probably got their act together. Do they have the release date for Moon Knight yet? No, they don't. Um, well, get on it, guys. That's just shoddy. So we've Came got Moon Knight, She Hulk, Miss Marvel, oh, yeah, Guardians sure. of the Galaxy holiday special, which obviously happens around christmas uh i am groot which is an animated thing uh book of boba fett which we're already in the middle of obi-wan kenobi and or um star wars the bad batch season two uh cheaper by the dozen which is coming in march uh disenchanted which is coming this fall which is the sequel but that's a it's a movie not a not a, uh, a series. Uh, better Nate than ever, which I don't think is anything. Uh, it's a, I don't think that this is like a, yeah, it's not, it's based on the book. I mean, it means <laughs> something not, to somebody, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Hocus Pocus 2, which is coming, obviously, it better be coming for Halloween uh, sometime in October. Pinocchio is coming later this year. Uh, Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. Sneakerella is in May. Sneakerella. 
Love yeah, it. it's the one about the the guy. He's like he uh, designs shoes or whatever. It's like a it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> Proud Family, Spiderwick Chronicles, Baymax, which isn't slated until the summer. Rise, uh, which is a film, not a series. Chippendale, which is a film. I. Uh, uh, is that this year? Is that really this year? Chip and Dale's happening this year. That's exciting. New Rescue Rangers. Uh, there's so uh, many things happening this year. I don't yeah. know. There's just an excessive amount of content. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is this is the animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid, not um, not the live action ones. More uh, of the live high action school musical, yeah. the musical, the series, uh, Zootopia Plus, which are just shorts. Willow. But I, I don't think we're getting Willow this year. I know, like I, I know that it's on the list for 2022. I highly doubt it. Really? I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna get pushed to early next year. Um, oh. Pixar stuff. So we've got Cars on the Road, uh, which is like a Cars TV series, and then that, is that it for Pixar? Well, that's not it for Pixar because uh, they need to update this list because um, Turning Red. The one about the girl oh, who yeah. turns into a giant red panda. Uh, yeah. It's actually it's being moved to a Disney Plus uh, premiere. Oh yeah, so, I did. I I heard not premiere access. It's just premiering on Disney Plus for everybody, um, which is which is cool. I mean, like I think that's good. It, Disney has realized like like uh, family films. I think especially because kids are not fully vaccinated yet, and children under five can't be vaccinated yet. So family films are not doing well at the moment. Like usually we've talked about it in the past. Family films are usually a sure bet because when you, when you open a family film, you're guaranteed two tickets for everyone right, that you yeah, sell. Right. Cause yeah. the kid yeah, yeah. has to come with an adult. So, um, yeah. you know, like the, 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 your target audience has to be accompanied, which means you're going to sell twice as many tickets. I, uh, so that's why that's why family films, uh, animated stuff, traditionally uh, opens really well, even when it's a bad movie, <laughs> even when it's not good. Which is why we end up with so many sequels to things where you're like, really? How? Really? There are four Ice Age movies, really? Um, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's why they made a sequel to The Croods. Did they did that for real? Um, because The Croods, not a good movie. I, I. I really wish it was, but it's not. Um, and yeah, the Ice Age movies, it's like, I, oof, uh, those are really diminishing returns on those ones. I'm surprised that we're getting a series. But uh, but again, it's another one of those properties that people... Those watch. weird shorts with the little freaking thing looking for the walnut or whatever it is, weirdly entertaining. Like, I'm like, why it's, do I care yeah. about this? Scrat? Scrat is that his name? Scrat is his name. He, he's a squirrel. Ugh. He's a he's a saber tooth squirrel. Couldn't tell couldn't tell you any of the actual names of the other characters yeah. in that, but I don't know. Ice Age One was rather enjoyable. Or uh, I seem to Okay, I'll take it back. I watched Ice Age One. <laughs> the first Ice No, the first Ice Age is a good movie for the era. Like it's like it's hard to go back and watch it now because it's like uh it it like I a 15 year old with, with blender uh, can, can produce that level of visual nowadays. Like, like, you know how this is like, like the, the challenge to stay up to date with, 
the the modern t- i mean like i i have you watched arcane yet have you have you checked any of it out not yet you not still yet, haven't no um like that's the like that's the top like arcane and bad batch are the best tv series being produced from a like technical like visual standpoint um there's a there's a few other that 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 are kind of up there with that um but i i like ice age is not it's 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 not even close to that level of uh it's like yeah it's it's you you uh modeling the characters from ice age would be like a tutorial that you would do to learn how to use 3d modeling software nowadays and 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 also and also by the way they'd have more polys and the fur textures would be better like it's like they'd be way more advanced on your personal computer than what they were because ice age is 2000 and like five maybe 2006 like it's a uh, it's a long time ago <laughs> nowadays and by like computer animation standards it's uh, it's a completely different era um but the story is fine like the story is good it's just like it's one of those things where like a lot of those stories you go back watch toy story or bugs life or ice age or any of that stuff up into a certain point um the 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 stories are actually very like limited by the technology and it was hard to see it at the time but we can kind of look back at it now and go like oh you wrote a story that had very few characters in the background for a reason, <laughs> right? Like, like the, the, the humans don't do a lot in the first toy story movie because the humans were, were horrendous to look at. Right. Um, <laughs> and then like, it's funny, like as the toy story movies go on, the human characters become more and more involved in the story because they got better and better at animating them. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is one of those ones where you look back and you're like, it's like the first 15 minutes of that, they're with the herd and there's like all of these other animals. And then very quickly, all of our characters go off in a completely different direction from everybody else because now we only have Half to worry the budget about animating went into the six first, characters. Yeah. Yeah. The first like one yeah. third of it. Um, now yep. it's just six characters on snow and uh, we're just going to put a lot of our money into animating this snow uh <laughs> so don't worry about the characters I do like, so much the way that you're putting it though i do like the idea that that like if they worked out the contracts and are going to pay the people appropriately to put turning red on disney plus in the hope that it will find that audience and not be handcuffed yeah. by weird box office like algorithms or whatever i do like that that's cool There's it's no much more important content, yeah like it's much more important to back. disney yeah that that they can sell some lunch boxes than yeah yeah box office right with That's these true. properties like yeah, they if want they can just get people excited about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're going to make a lot more money off of uh, uh you know theme park merchandising even in this climate cuz i don't know if you saw that thing with the figment popcorn buckets but what was somebody the popcorn buckets i so, saw the some, line that you tweeted about yeah someone's going to die as a result of those popcorn buckets. That's a, like to me, like that is, it's like a, a, a six degrees of Kevin Bacon situation, right? Of like, like somebody, somebody was in that line to get a stupid popcorn bucket in the shape of a purple dragon from a 
theme park attraction that's been gone for like 10 years. Is that They're what is that what to, it was? There's like a there's yeah. a popcorn bucket in the shape of a dragon from something that doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Is that yeah? There's a yeah, there's a character was. called Figment that's part of a that is a character in a ride okay. uh, from Epcot that that doesn't it's it's no longer in operation or I, I they've right. changed it. I don't I don't know the full details, but but I know that like Figment is a thing of like oh when Figment stuff shows up that's really cool because this is a character that people have nostalgia for from like the, the nineties, like the eighties and nineties, I guess. I, so yeah, somebody in that lineup is going to get COVID from having been in that lineup. They might not die, but they might pass it on to somebody who passes it on to somebody. And that person's going to die. Right. Like because of a, because of a piece of theme park merchandise. So um, so if you're worried about Disney and how well they're doing their bottom line, they're fine. Um, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little bitter about it because I just think mm-hmm. that it's super irresponsible for them to have not managed the situation better. It's, uh, I mean, that's the whole world. Everybody's doing what yeah. they're going to do. I don't know. Yeah. I don't but it was know. Florida, right? So what are you going to do? Uh, I got to Google what a fig figment popcorn bucket is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they lined up for seven hours by yeah. the thing? That's... Yeah. Yeah, and they were like really? packed in. So people were lined up from Disney Springs all the way to Universal. Like, to a different theme park. Wow. <laughs> like... I mean, here's the thing that sucks. This is a heck of cute popcorn bucket. Yeah, like, of course. It's in. Figment's it's great. purple dinosaur. I'm so pleased. Yeah. I wonder how much you can buy them for online, though. And I didn't have to wait in line for seven hours. Uh, probably a very big price tag. I mean, like, to just yeah. jump over to eBay and look. I'm sure they're super expensive. But hundred and twenty-two dollars. Um, yeah. Uh, which is uh, you know like ten dollars more than you paid for it in the park. So that's <laughs> a theme park joke. Uh, it. it was good. Let's talk about Moon Knight, though. Let's talk about this. I was it, gonna say, are we done talking about Moon Knight? I feel like no. we've been talking about Moonlight for no. so long. We haven't, talked we about haven't actually talked about Moon Knight. We've talked about everything around Moon Knight and our but speculation. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oscar Isaac, looking great, doing my favorite thing that Oscar Isaac does, which is like there. Oscar Isaac has a bunch of different Just flavors, be right? Pretty. Like he's I don't... got. He's well. He's he does have that. He's got like hot boyfriend uh, uh, Oscar Isaac, which is uh, how he plays Poe, right? He's got. Uh, he's got. He's got like mysterious loner. Oscar Isaac, which is like uh, inside Lewin Davis, is 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 that sort of a vibe? Um, uh, a, a, a most violent year, like like it's it's some of his more like grittier stuff. He's usually like mysterious loner Oscar Isaac, and then he's got uh, unhinged Oscar Isaac. And like, hey, here's the thing: sometimes he'll play both of these these like he'll have both of these aspects in the same character in the same movie. So like, uh, Ex Machina is a really great example. He starts off as a mysterious loner, but then, you know, about midway through the Oscar movie. Oscar Isaac is an ex machina? The, yeah. He's one of the two leads in that movie. No three way. Leads. Yeah. It's Oscar Isaac, There's Donald three leads, Gleason, but I've and always... uh, Alicia Vikander. I That's... know. I've only ever clocked Domino Gleason and Alicia Vikander. <laughs> Yeah, it's because he looks different because he shaved, shaves his head and has the beard, right, and the glasses, so he looks totally different. Oh my but he's, gosh, 
he starts off as a mysterious loner in that one and then goes unhinged and and unhinged oscar isaac is my favorite oscar isaac and moon knight is looks like it's like it's not just unhinged oscar isaac it's like hey hey can you crank that to 11 and give us like three different versions because in this trailer (laughs) there's like it's like "Hmm, he's playing different people like he's playing multiple and here's this is the thing i know a lot about marvel comics i know a lot i know nothing about moon knight (laughs) I know, I know he's a little bit um, mentally unstable <laughs> as a character. Like that's one of the hallmarks of the character. Uh, I know that he has often been referred to as like Marvel's Batman. Um, he's kind of got the same vibes no. as Batman, even though he's like, I even mean, though he's like all yes. white, I, I instead of all black, I, sort of thing. But like, it's the same sort of like rich guy running around fighting crime. You get the same vibe. Yeah, it seems very, very. Um, And I know that there's like Egyptian stuff like there's there's like Egyptian motifs and and maybe he's got some powers that come from Egyptian something or other. Right. Uh, That's it. That's all I know about this character. Um, I've downloaded the first six issues of the 2014 run that that starts with the uh, Warren Ellis uh, story that everybody recommends. So I will be like, literally, I'm going to finish recording this podcast edit it publish it and then i'm gonna read the first issue before i go to bed um because i am so pumped i uh, am not not only am i pumped because it's oscar isaac and you guys know like hot ranking hot guys oscar isaac is at the top of my list oscar isaac is on my uh uh what what do we call it like the celebrity like hall pass list right i and, just watched that episodes of friends today i and, totally watched that episode and i'm straight like that's like understand <laughs> how i feel about this man that mm-hmm. like like if i if and very much like ross it's like well you know <laughs> i have a list of weird coffee shop guys and i just bumped you for that guy over there i i so i know that i have no chance with oscar isaac but <laughs> regardless like in my fantasies of it because also in my fantasy i've like gotten in shape and you know like (laughs) you're you're a different person in your it's a good hair day and you know all these things right (laughs) um but uh i i yeah i like like aside aside from that aspect of it which would have me like through the roof pun intended over the moon anyways i this looks like the best shot of these shows so far. And like, they've all been well shot. Like, like none of them look like, like we might talk a little bit about Peacemaker later on in this episode. I watched the first episode. Peacemaker looks like a TV show. It's not a dig. I'm not like trying to take anything away from it. I enjoyed the first episode. Um, And that's not the, 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 the way that it shot the cinematography, that's not what I'm there for. I'm there for the writing and the performances of the characters, which so far I'm, I'm, I'm all for. Um, but it looks like it, it, like it looks like they were given a TV show budget, right? Which the MCU stuff the has been handled the differently. The MCU, yeah. they look like movies, right? Um, yeah. They're shot like TV shows in the sense of like, we're going to create sets and like have, you know, like these, like the sort of, uh, home bases that we go back to, which is more of like a TV thing because we're going to do six episodes. Right. So we're going to be in these environments a little bit more, but um, uh, maybe with the exception of uh, 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 
what's it called? Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, which which was all over the place. But this one looks it doesn't just look like a movie and it doesn't just look like MCU. Like this one looks a bit more like a film, like the like the when I talk about the cinematography, talking about like the lighting and stuff, it it has a bit of a grittier quality to it, a little bit more of like a just sort of like a little bit more of that filmic uh, look to it. Um, it looks it looks more like Doctor Strange than uh, I I don't know like Iron Man, if that makes sense. Where like the Iron Man movies are pretty, I, that's not true. Iron Man two has some grittiness to it, but um, Iron Man one and Iron Man three are pretty like flat lighting. Like it's they're they're pretty like objective in that respect. Um, but but uh, this is this looks. I've got the YouTube up right now, and it looks like it's a little bit more. I don't know, like just every every frame you can kind of you can kind of just grab anywhere in this trailer and look at it and just be like, this is interesting. Like this is this is being really um, thoughtfully shot, like the 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 cinematography and composition is a part of the story. It's a character which is different from a lot of, I think, the MCU in general, not just the TV shows, but just the MCU. Um, It feels like it's going to be a lot more like sort of inside his head from his perspective. Um, Not literally like first person, but just sort of like the camera is going to be reacting to his state of mind, uh, which that's got me really excited because this is territory that we haven't really gone into that much. Dr. Strange is probably the most that we've done that sort of thing. Um, I'm hard pressed to think of anything else. I don't know. You got anything? Can you think of anything? No, not really. That's kind of got that subjectivity to it of like, we're sort of like along for the ride with the character. They, they tend to not quite be that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super jazzed. I, I I've say, talked having, so much. Amanda, talk for you, a long you time. You have. Well, <laughs> I think one of the things is because you, while well, you will go read the comics like a yeah. good nerd. I will use Wikipedia. Yeah. And so having done a little Wikipediaing about Moonlight because I'm excited about stuff that Disney Plus does, which I feel like I talked about on the on Nuff Said last time with you and Curtis, that I just get excited about this this type of stuff. Yeah. That exactly what you're talking about, that subjectivity, is actually really a part of who Moon Knight is. And and this is gonna be really interesting. Can I can I spoil like a thing because you haven't like oh yeah, read yeah, it yet. yeah but like i think a key part of moon knight's character is that he suffers from multiple personality disorder and so to be able to do that i feel like stuff needs to come viscerally from the characterization and you have to be with that person because the people around them don't change they change right and i'm gonna i'm gonna be really interested if they actually use that in this because i know that there's a lot of ways that that has been done incorrectly or not genuinely in media and so i'm curious to see if or how they use that element of the character so I don't know. Again, I've just done some brief Wikipediaing, but it seems like it's part of like there's 
like a whole bunch of stuff to do with Moon Knight and exactly what you're talking about, like that sort of like fracturedness in who he is, is very much based in a real mental health disorder. And so, or um, I don't think disorder is the right word, but, um, but I think you understand so, what I'm talking about. So this, about. this is the biggest thing. And this is, I'll, I'll put this out there because we all need to be better about it because multiple personality disorder is what we know it as in pop culture. Multiple personality disorder is bad science. It, it, it has been from day one. It's not like, it's not um, the thing that you'll most commonly hear is that it's like super rare. And they like most of the time, it's not like a multiple, like a real cases of multiple personality disorder are almost unheard of dissociative identity disorder Just, is what yeah, it's, that's is what it's called right. now in in the 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 DSM right so mm-hmm. like that's that's the actual dissociative identity disorder so we all have to kind of remember that DID is is what it's actually called um that's the actual clinical term and it's it, it's the the thing with like multiple personality disorder for a long time i think was was defined as like have as like more than two and dissociative identity is a little bit more all encompassing because the the thing of like having because because what we're used to is like the oh there's like like um uh the movie uh was was it split the the shaman yeah. movie mm-hmm. he's got like 43 personalities or whatever inside him right um that sort of thing is like, oh, that's pop culture. That's not real. And so there's very few real cases of this sort of thing. Um, but dissociative identity disorder or, or just like dissociation in general, like dissociation is a symptom uh, of a lot of different mental health issues. Right. Um, and dissociating is something that they like, like, many of us might experience dissociative episodes in our lives, even without having like a disorder, like dissociating is just, it's usually in relation to trauma and stuff like that. But it's usually like, like the, the experience of it is basically like the part of your brain that has like your personality and like your memory story, like all of that stuff, just like kind of clips off. Like it just, like it just, stops the connection for a minute and the part of your brain that just reacts to things and just kind of like works in your own self-interest takes over for a minute and so people who dissociate they'll either like it's you know kind of have like a moment of like just spacing out um which is like sort of the more mild thing but then like some people when they dissociate seem to take on another personality and it's like it's not really like it's not like hi now i'm margaret and I'm a 43 year old woman who knits, right? Like it's, but it's just like, uh, yeah, Mike can't come to the phone right now, but I'm in control of his body at the moment. And if you do anything to harm him, I'm going to rip your head off. Like that's sort of, that's more like sort of the defense mechanism of, of, of dissociation that, that is more common is like, and it's usually it's, it can be that, or it can be like breaking down, uh, and that sort of thing. And it's, it's usually in response to a past trauma, right? Like it's a, which it's is a very way that much, our brain very much. Yeah, figures yeah. out how to cope with something, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. That thing that happened to us that one time is happening again. I don't like it. I'm going to take a little sabbatical. The other guy's going to drive for a minute. And, uh, and the other guy is usually just sort of like, um, uh, I don't know. I can never remember. I guess it's just id, right? Which is just like the part of your brain that's just like, 
I'm going to survive now. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that part, that part, that part of your brain doesn't really care what other people think and uh, mm-hmm. isn't really uh, concerned with burning bridges or making sense. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of logic mm-hmm. or reason, but can still be very like, um, very intelligent and very like, uh, 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 like conniving, manipulative, like in order to get what you want. Uh, yeah, dissociation is a really interesting, uh, it kind of runs the gamut. And, and like so many things with mental health now, like we, multiple personality is a really great example of something that we used to like, just want to put things in a bucket and go like, oh, categorized multiple personality disorder. You think that you're a five-year-old kid sometimes. And it's like, actually, like most mental health things, it's a spectrum. And it, it the one thing can be experienced a myriad different ways. So it'll be really interesting, like sort of I think what you're getting at is are they going to treat it like classic pop culture, multiple personality disorder, or is it are they going to be more clinical and, and like and- actually scientific about how this is going on in his in his head? Or are they just going to use like supernatural stuff to explain to, to away do that something it's not that's a not yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I will say that um I hope that they maybe go a little bit spooky like on the on the like let's lean into this uh m- the inf- the like possession by the moon spirit in yeah. the sarcophagus or whatever it is that he went through because i think some of the personalities that they like some of the different like individual identities that he uses uh, classically as a character i don't think they can do genuinely in uh, like I like I think it would be really hard for them to do this. So I'm hope there's a lot of yeah. stuff that they could play with and ground it a little bit more um, in the physicality of the of the world and like that sort of grittiness and and see where they could go with it. But there's definitely something in the trailer. I mean, it is a real rough. Like you you watch the trailer and you're like, there is something going on with this guy. And I think that they will fully deal with all of the like traumatic elements of Moon Knight. And hopefully that will help um, in the understanding of what he's going through and, and then be able to focus yeah. it a little bit. So anyways, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Thank you so much, by the way, for the um, clarification on the per, on the terminology. What I was veering away from was the word schizophrenia because they had used yeah. that. And I was like, well, I know that's not the right word. So what's the well, word I'm trying yeah. to like? <laughs> and that's that is that's that's one of those things that like I I when people again again this is pop culture stuff uh schizo is a term that would get used a lot in the 80s especially um like they use that term on i think more than once in ghostbusters um because you have the situation of of dana and lewis both being possessed by <laughs> terror dog spirits right, right. so like there's yeah, yeah. i i there's like sort of the like that aspect of it um that like you want to you want to avoid that because that's yeah like because because schizophrenia is actually like a very different thing right like that's a mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. all but that's people, a whole other yeah. thing and it has nothing yeah. to do with multiple mm-hmm. personalities um i mean like there can be dissociation again like i said dissociation is like a i dissociating is a term for a type of behavior it's not like a right, yeah. a, a a specific um 
disorder, except like in the instance of dissociative identity disorder, which I think is why they've sort of put that terminology onto that of like, because it's not multiple personalities because multiple personality disorder in pop culture is so often portrayed as like, there's all these people inside my brain and they're all fighting each other all the time. And it's like, no, it's more like, you know, by different circumstances, these different uh, dissociated uh, aspects of the personality come out. They're usually, it's usually not, like I said, it's not like, Oh, I'm right now I'm Timmy and I'm five years old and Oh, I'm Margaret, a 43 year old woman. Right. Like it's, it's um it's, it's more just like, you're not behaving like you, like you don't like, this is a different, I feel like I'm di- talking to a completely different person. And I think actually, most of us probably actually have experience with this in our lives, whether we know it or not, uh, with somebody who, who has uh, s- some sort of a mental health issue that, that, that uh, sort of presents itself with dissociative behavior. Um, it's, it's actually like super common um, because the world sucks. People suck. And there are a lot of us out there with a lot of trauma, unresolved trauma. And it's a really, really easy way for the brain to deal with it. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I do hope that, that like the show is actually going to like maybe go into that stuff a little bit, because I do think that there are really negative. I don't know if you guys can tell. I happen to know a lot about this subject and there might be specific reasons for that. And so I might have a lot of opinions on it because of those reasons. Uh, so when I see this stuff in pop culture, uh, it might set me off a little bit. Um, <laughs> just maybe those are some things that you could infer from this conversation. Uh, I'm hoping that they, that they handle it properly and talk about it. Like, like that there's a moment where they're like, this is not dissociative identity disorder. Like somebody goes like, Oh, I think he's got multiple personality disorder. And somebody else go, that's not what we call it anymore. It's dissociative identity disorder. And I'll tell you one thing, that's not what this guy's dealing with because X, Y, Z, right. Because of the supernatural components or whatever. Right. Um, for them to like, just have a moment of like clarifying that stuff for, a for, for the audience so that, um, you know, like, let's just, take an opportunity with this character to clarify some things that are in the pop culture uh, terminology, like the lexicon um, and, and sort of, uh, you know, undo some of the damage that that stuff does. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's a a good opportunity for that. And, and, and Marvel has been super good about using those opportunities where they can, right? Like, like uh, they've, they've actually taken problematic characters and use those problematic characters to tell stories. And some of them, it took them a little while to get around to, but, and sometimes, you know, like the first step is a misstep, like turning the Mandarin into uh, Islamic terrorists. Like, let's just put a fine point on that one. Cause that's what the first Iron Man does that. Like it definitely goes like, Hey, guess what? The Mandarins, the 10 rings are a middle Eastern, mm-hmm terrorist group and it's like okay we'll tell that story and then we move away from that over years and we get a little bit more sensitive about it and then we come to the point where it's like oh now we're going to do this thing with trevor slattery and then we'll move away from that and we get to shang chi and it's like let's actually like like let's talk about it in the movie like let's actually address how problematic all of this is but let's do it with the lens of the actual character themselves talking about it but in a very meta way right so 
we're kind of getting there with MCU. And I think that, that maybe we can have a moment where somebody looks down the barrel of the camera and lets us know we're not, Oh hey, yeah. And I, and we know the multiple personality disorder part of this character. We're not using that for these reasons. Let's move or, on. <laughs> and, and there's so many things that you can do in the, again, just like the, the, the brief Wikipedia that yeah. I have done on this character, right? There's a lot of really cool things about like psychic connection with the like moon thing. What is it? The, there's like a Egyptian moon God Khonshu or whatever. And there's, there's stuff that they could do where it's like a psychic connection. And it's actually a, a, a moon God that's controlling him instead of it being personalities, right? Yeah. Like it could be actually leaning into the, like supernatural sci-fi part of it that you can because you can instead of making it they they could they could go a little bit more of like the venom route of like hey we're we're cohabitating this body right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, which is one of the things that i really love about about the venom movies is that like that's really what those movies are about is about eddie and the symbiote trying to figure out how to like how do we get along how do we how do we how do we live together without killing each other yeah. I, went I to love watch those movies. Spider-Man. I know I say it a lot. Oh. I love them so much. No. Oh my God. But Spider-Man No Way Home, I went to go watch yeah. it with somebody who hasn't seen Venom. And so I, we stayed for the mid credit scene or whatever. Oh, be careful like, oh. of spoilers. Has everybody seen Spider-Man oh, No Way Home? sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's, has it been? It's been a few weeks. Oh, wait, whatever. Mid credit scenes? I it's feel been like a month. Are, it's been exactly a month today, actually. Okay. It's a mid credits. It's a mid credit scene spoiler, I guess. That no, I, I think spoiled. that people. I think people probably know it. that already. I mean, it's um, literally just that. That's what happened to Venom. It's yeah. like people know in the Venom show. It shows that he goes into. Anyways, whatever. But anyways, one of my friends did not know who Anything that was, and afterwards it? was like, "Was that Ed Hardy? I guess or Ed? Wait, is that his name? Ed Hardy? Ed Hardy's like a clothing brand. <laughs> Tom <isn't> Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Yeah." <laughs> Was that Tom Hardy? I'm like, oh yeah, that was totally lost on you. The humor of that uh, yeah. beautiful moment. So, anyways, uh, I I hope sorry, that it gets more people to watch know. Venom and uh, let there be carnage yeah. because yeah, uh, good. Uh, they're fun. They're good. They they are fun. Good. They are good movies. They're bad movies, but they're they're good bad movies. They know good, that good they're bad movies. movies. Both of those movies Mike. are fully aware what they are. When we uh, got started where we said we had a lot of stuff to talk about, yeah. I will say that Moon Knight was the afterthought for the things that we had to talk about. Yeah. There were like a whole bunch and we've already been talking for so long yeah. that we just have to like not talk about everything that we were going to talk about, which is sad. Yeah. But also, let's, you know what? Let's, right. let's save Suicide Squad and Peacemaker for, for next episode because okay. I, I think we'll, that by then we'll both because like I'll what I said about Peacemaker is kind of yeah. I think all I have to say about it right now because I've only watched the first episode the only thing that okay. I'll add to what I said before is which is like performances are great so far uh, the writing is it's James Gunn he's he's James gunning it up and God do I love the way that that man writes um, mm-hmm. I will say that, like, I really want to watch the next episode. Not for the right reason, though. I really want to watch the next episode because I'm really hoping that, like, it's going to it's going to click a little bit more for me Uh, once the story starts going. Because the first episode, just to give everybody sort of like the, the, the prep on it, if you haven't watched it yet, the first episode is very much like setting everything up. 
there's not like not a lot happens. There's there are some really good character moments for uh, for Peacemaker himself, for John Cena. But the other characters kind of have like sort of like half moments uh, that they share with him for the most part. Um, but it hasn't like the first episode doesn't really get going, which I think is why they did a, you know, a two episode premiere drop. Right. There you go. Um, sometimes they do that for uh, scheduling purposes, like with Hawkeye. I think they did it to get um, uh, that that reveal yeah, in the finale at the there, same yeah. week as Spider-Man. I, uh, which is all I'll say on that. But like, I, I think that they timed that for that reason. Um, but I think like with this, with Peacemaker, I'm expecting that like, I'll watch the second episode and I'll be like, okay, cool. Now we're into it. Like now we're going. Um, Cause yeah, like I think I, if I, you, if, if you tried to watch the first 15 minutes of suicide squad of the suicide squad, or the first 15 minutes of guardians of the galaxy, I don't know that you'd be sold right out. Ah, that's not true. Guardians of the Galaxy, the second that the title pops up at the top, like when he's singing and like the thing, and you're like, okay, I'm in. Like, let's go. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy I will say, is pretty good. But. I hadn't heard okay things about Suicide Squad. And so that's just why I had like been waiting. And I'm like, I know that I'm going to enjoy this movie. Yeah. And I did. I highly recommend If you haven't watched it, what a good time. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about it next week. But yeah. Peacemaker, not my favorite part of that movie. So I'm kind of like, do I want to watch? <laughs> like, I, tweet, I tweeted earlier today. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted earlier today. It's a real uphill battle to get me to like Peacemaker after yeah. what happens with Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. Because Rick yeah. Flagg's my favorite character from those two movies. Because oh, Joel Kinnaman is yeah. like, Joel Kinnaman's in like my top 10 right now. Like he's one of my favorite actors. Um, if you haven't watched For All My Mankind, phenomenal. Uh, we've obviously talked about, um, um, oh my god, the name of it just dropped out of my head. The one where he's in the 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 stacks, the the different bodies, and he's it's the the I I, and then Anthony Mackie is the in the second season. Joel Kinnaman was the first one. You know what I'm talking Anthony, about because you watched it too. I, I know. Oh 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 yes. Oh. Oh, come on. And the abuela is like an yeah. old dude because, oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> Everybody knows. Shout it into your. Yeah, it's right oh. there. And I can't. It's at the. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's like. like I. Body, body. I kickstarted the role playing game for it. Like they did like Bodies a tabletop role playing game of oh, it. And no. I. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is hurting my head so much. Yeah. I. It's any. Oh, come on. It's like, it's on the tip of my tongue. So explain, like, let's talk about it more. And, and, and they're, and they like go into the, the, the thing in the sky and they like have the different bodies and they, they put the stacks in. Wow. It's not even, it's not even on his, uh, on his, um, altered carbon. Jeez, oh, please. thank you so much. Walter oh, Carmen. that hurt my brain. Oh yeah. no. Um. Oh, okay. Oh, that was that was an upsetting few minutes. <laughs> so yeah. Sorry, like, is Rick Flag? You said two movies. Which other movie is Rick Flag? Joel Kinnaman is, he? is Joel in Kinnaman? is Rick Flag in the Suicide Squad. He also. Yeah. Uh, uh, he played Takeshi Kovach in season one of Alter yeah. Carbon. Um, 
he he was also in the original Suicide Squad. Suicide He's one of the characters Squad. that makes okay. the jump. And then and then he okay. has a show on Apple TV Plus called For All Mankind, where he plays an astronaut named Edward Baldwin. Ed Baldwin, who uh, For All Mankind, just to give people the pitch super quick, it's an alternate history drama about NASA where Russia wins the space race. They make it to oh, the moon first. Oh. And so everything from that point forward <laughs> is different. Um, interesting. And so <laughs> it's like a sci-fi series. Sorry, just joke on my own spit. <laughs> That's all good. I'm so excited to talk is, about For All is, Mankind. Is, is, oh. For All is, Mankind is, has is, two is, seasons and it's, it's the, it's my favorite thing that I watched last year. Just so everybody okay. knows. Like it, and I Whoa. didn't talk about it very much because I know Amanda, it is not up your alley. Uh, okay. I, I, okay. You might enjoy it because the actors are good, but like this, I, I, you probably don't care about the NASA space sci-fi because there's it, for, for nerds of a very specific type, it's like, there are things in it like the, the sea dragon, which was like a scrapped NASA project of like, uh, instead of launching rockets from like, like, Cape Canaveral is where they generally do it, right? Or but like from mm-hmm. land that they would basically build like a really big rocket underwater and it would launch from in the water f- for whatever reason. Like it, there was there was some reason that they thought that this was a better idea because it's safer or I don't know, right? Um that they could being a submerged in water was good for some reason. And you end up seeing the sea dragon at one point. It's like it's a whole thing. It anyways it's like all these like there's all these alternate history things of like NASA was working on this thing and then they scrapped it to work on this other thing. But because this is alternate history, it's like, oh, no, no, no they did that in this version. They did mm-hmm. that thing. And then you get to see it. And it's they built they build a, a base on the moon. And like it's it's a super, super cool series. Um, and then on top of that, it's got uh, uh, Joel Kinnaman and um, um, uh, oh, my God. I'm terrible with names lately because I'm so tired all the time because I don't sleep. Uh, Michael Dorman, uh, who is from the show. Uh, I... <laughs> oh God, this is awful. <laughs> this is your I day. Can't, it's your day today. <laughs> I can't. Uh, Patriot. Uh, I was thinking all I could think was Preacher. Uh, uh, he's from the show Patriot, which is on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original. Patriot is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Like, it's like... I have never heard you talk about either of these television shows. Before. That really upsets me because <laughs> Patriot, I have name dropped on this podcast at least six times. And, oh. and at least two of those times I have said, it's one of my favorite shows. It's like community and Patriot are like the top two spots. Like that's okay. like, those are my favorite. They are my favorite shows. Patriot is so good. Um, and I have told a million people to watch it. Uh, and and yeah, Michael Dorman is a phenomenal actor, and I don't understand why he's not in everything. Joel Kinnaman, likewise, is a is amazing, and I don't understand why he doesn't get more work. Uh, he's also RoboCop um, in the in the the RoboCop remake that nobody likes. That I think is a very good movie. It's not the original RoboCop, but that's the point. Anyways, um, he's in a bunch of other stuff too. Like he's sort of we did a terrible job about not talking about the Suicide Squad for very long either. I love it. Well, we it's didn't so talk good. about the Suicide Squad for very long. I'm talking about Joel <laughs> Kinnaman for the last ten minutes. That's uh, true. I do like this. Just talk about Hot Boys in TV shows. Yeah, isn't that what we should just rename the podcast? Okay, 
<laughs> we do. It Mike does seem. It does seem boys. like every year we got to oh, talk about which. Brings me to why yeah. I actually wanted to talk about Suicide Squad because I have to shout out to the Thunderquack Patreon page for being so topical with the Jason Momoa news <laughs> that um, Pete Davidson being in the Suicide Squad was a fun little bonus for like, I just happened to have been in a Pete Davidson mood that day and just enjoyed seeing him in it a little bit because I did not know that Jason Momoa had broken up with Lisa Bonet or like they had separated when someone posted the meme of Pete Davidson and Jason Momoa. And I just thought it was like a funny, like Pete Davidson meme, but it was so topical that I appreciated it like three hours later when I was like, Oh, I get it. It's because he's single. (laughs) It took me, it took me a long time to get it, but I just, it was, I was pleased that it was the Thunderquack podcast that alerted me to the news of Jason Momoa. So again, hot boys on the internet. I feel like, is the impetus for me wanting to talk about a lot of different things on the podcast. Uh, Pete Davidson, uh, enjoyable in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> so, uh, that was, what else, what else were we going to talk on this podcast about? I feel like there was. <laughs> well, there were those two things. And oh, then the NFT bros. The we NFT wanted to, bros. I wanted yeah. to just talk about NFT bros successfully buying a copy of Dune for $3 million on the internet because they wanted to have the rights to Dune. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's weird. I feel like a I lot of people buying NFTs are the same type of people who I, uh, you know, like 15 years ago would buy a, a, a star with, from the star registry with their, so oh, that they're yeah. like, I oh, yeah. own that star now. Um, or mm-hmm. like the, the recent fad, I, I don't know if it's much of a fad, but the recent thing that you hear a lot about is like, uh, you hear this it, every year at Christmas, it crops back up. Are you, hey, hey, are you looking for a really unique and cool Christmas gift idea for someone who's got everything? <laughs> well, check this out. You can buy a piece of land in <laughs> Ireland. Become a Scottish lord. Or and become, a, yeah, and it's like, I, if you bought a piece of land in Ireland and became a Scottish lord, yeah. that'd be impressive. But... <laughs> that wouldn't work too much, but I agree. Yes. But... Yeah. And it's like, oh, now I... you're a duke. And it's like, <laughs> I know you're not. That is dumb. It definitely co- it would cost more than <laughs> what you just paid. I, <laughs> I, yeah. And, and I feel like NFTs are like, they're for like the, um, I, like finance bros it's like like these are it's like these are like you now own this star for a finance bro um just don't buy nfts because you you are not the one who's going to make money off of that uh, the, the other the other analogies is that nfts are mlms for for uh white dudes like um white you know i i uh, herbal remedy medicine uh uh, pyramid schemes are for uh, uh, you know uh, white women uh, uh, NFTs are for their husbands basically um, yeah because it's just like a thing of like there's a, there is definitely someone making a lot of money off of NFTs there are probably several people there there are quite a few people probably making a lot of money off of NFTs um, if you're listening to this podcast you're not one of them sorry <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> 
this isn't that sphere. You're not in the right. You're not in the right zone. You need to. You need to stop listening to podcasts like this. Start listening to the ones uh, with a guy that wears his hat backwards and talks about money for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that guy's, that guy's going to help you figure out your finances. He's actually not, he's probably just going to give you a lot of uh, tips that steer you in the direction of things that he owns that you're going to put money into. Money. It's going to line yes, his that. pockets. Um, but he's going to tell you to do it with the, the under the guise of like, you're going to make a lot of money off of this. Um, yeah, NFTs, man. I, I, it's, 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 I just don't, it's just, the, there are just a lot of people making money a lot of weird ways. Blockchain mm-hmm. technology is something that will eventually, like, it's not going away. That's the thing. Blockchains are, it's a part of technology now. The, 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 the genie is out of the bottle. You're not getting it back in. Um, and there's a lot of scammers and con artists using that right now to take advantage of people that don't know what they're doing, that don't know what they're talking about. I, unfortunately, and it's given it a bad name. Eventually, that technology, I'm not talking about NFTs, I'm talking about blockchain technology specifically. Eventually, blockchain technology will be harnessed for good things. It actually, like, early versions of blockchain technology were harnessed for good things. There was a there was a project with PlayStation, with Sony, where they, like, when the PlayStation 3 came out, there was this thing of, like, hey, when your PlayStation is in rest mode, if you sign up for this thing, you agree to let this, we're doing, like, there's, like, a, there, I can't remember what university it was, but it was, like, a, like a like a medical program out of a university and it's like they were trying to sequence it's something to do with cancer research and they were trying to sequence something like dna or something like that and it was like but we don't we need like a like so much processing capacity not even power or speed but just like capacity like literally just like processing real estate right and the cell processor in the playstation 3 was this amazing piece of new tech and could be linked up to this system in a chain so that you could like, when I'm not playing video games on my PlayStation, you can use my PlayStation's processor. Like I'm giving consent for you to use my data and the processor on my PlayStation to basically like run sequencing on my PlayStation, which is like, that's super cool. Stuff like that is rad. Like, yeah, use my computer when I'm not using it. You know, like I, I, uh, obviously there are energy drains and stuff like that, that you need to think about. And the problem with blockchains and NFT and, and, you know, uh, cryptocurrency and all of that stuff is that it's, it's really, really hard on the environment. There's even a story that I read that in New York that like there's uh, this specific blockchain is like sucked up so much of the electricity on the grid that like it's jacked up the electricity prices in that neighborhood and now people can't afford their electrical bill. So there are people like living without electricity because of this. Like there are all of these knock on effect repercussions, not to mention the, the amount of like carbon it takes to run the processors to run these, these, these ridiculous computers in the first place and then cool them down because they generate so much heat. It's like it like the carbon footprint on it is just so un, unwieldy that like it's it's terrible for the environment. Um, and then on and then at the end of the day, you're not doing anything good with it. Somebody made some crappy JPEG in 
I don't even think they used Illustrator. They probably used like some free thing. It's like some <laughs> garbage clip art, right? Like just gradients and neon colors in shapes. And and now and now they're telling you that it's worth a million dollars because they say it's worth a million dollars. Like there's a bubble on it. Anybody who knows anything about economics, which I'm not saying that I do because I don't because I'm just a silly uh, graphic designer who calls himself a creative director. I and like so I don't know what I'm talking about, but I do trust people who do know what they're talking about. There's a lot of smarter people than me out there saying like, hey, there's an economic model for this. There is a bubble. Like this is a bubble. I, we can show you on the chart of how a bubble works and where it's going to burst. We can't tell you exactly when, but we can tell you it's going to happen. Uh, and so there's a lot of people who have put a lot of money into it that are unfortunately going to be out a lot of money by the end of it. Um, but at the end of the day, those douchebags at the top are going to walk <laughs> away with millions, if not billions of dollars. So just like the only way to win is not to play <laughs> like that's it's, it is gambling it is 100%. You're actually, you know what? Your odds are probably better at the casino. Uh, Cause the casinos <laughs> are at least regulated by the government in some fashion. Uh, but NFTs are not blockchains are not none. Of, like that's actually the point is that they're not regulated, which means if that we were you a are totally podcast. vulnerable. You're totally vulnerable. <laughs> I just it's like the, getting like, a black market kidney transplant, you guys. It's a bad idea. I just, <laughs> bad if it was a different, if you were a different audience, you would come here because we would tell you, but the NFTs aren't regulated by the government, which that means that they can't control your money yeah. and Big Brother doesn't own you. And well, right? Like I just, in you saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike, that's why people do it. It is. It is, but also like the thing that people forget so often, and it's really funny because we're seeing conservative politicians say this of like the government is doing, and it's like, you're a Senator. You are the government. You're, like you're a representative. You are the government. You, you absolute nincompoop. And some of them, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think it's like some of them, I think like they are manipulating it. And then others, it's not that they're manipulated. Like they, they have been manipulated and it's so like the, the snake is eating its tail. It's just, we're in a real bad place <laughs> just as a, a society. I just, you know, and it's going to get worse in before general. it gets better, but maybe our, oh, yeah. maybe our kids, kids are going to see uh, uh, a bit more we'll of a figure utopia. it out somehow. <sighs> it's really, really sucky to have the perspective now in 2022 that the 90s were actually like the the cuz every generation gets to kind of like live through a golden age and it, it really sucks to know that, that like from from like 1985 to to for, and I'm talking specifically about North America and predominantly about white people I uh, so just like I will just add that caveat to what I'm about to say but that like like we look back on it and it's like that nope that was the golden age that we got to live through every golden age in history is only built on the back of oppression and uh, uh you know uh, taking advantage of 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 other groups uh, uh you know minorities um so 
you know, we have that perspective for sure. But, but, but at the same time, it's like, oh, the best it was ever going to be for me was when I was a kid. And now I, and, and yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully my kids will get to see another, another golden age. I, I, for Western civilization at some point in their lives. Hopefully it's not like, you know, because it, everything collapsed and then we rebuilt society and uh, I, you know, it's uh, the, was it us? Did we talk about solar punk a couple weeks ago? Um, oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. That was totally. Us yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's not like, you know, there was a big war and, and everything got destroyed and everything had to restart and, you know, and then we ended up with this, with this nice solar punk civilization. Um, <laughs> Maybe and they're like, oh, this is so much better than, than when I was a kid. Um, and, you yeah. know, they're like in their 80s and they're like, this is actually pretty good. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. You want to transition from that heavy topic into... Hard. Hard transition. <laughs> There's no segue into this one. Um, <laughs> New York Magazine... Via and and like I think online it's so it's published in New York Magazine and then you can read it on Vulture. I, I published an article, I I the undoing of Joss Whedon, I and, and it's it, a long um, one. Like this is a this is a like doozy. an hour long. Like well, okay, it depends on what else you're doing on the internet at the same time. But like you have to read it. It takes I, time. I'll, let me, let me tell you. I did not want to read the whole thing. I had read no, um, snippets. I read half of it. Yeah, I had read snippets on the internet, uh, and then and then when I decided that that and like I messaged you a man and said like, hey, we we got to talk about this on the podcast. Um, I was like, you know, I should read this whole thing. And then I was like, but I but I do live in the year twenty twenty two, and I don't have to read this whole thing. Uh, I can have my phone read it to me. So while I was ah. making dinner and eating dinner, uh, making dinner for the for the girls, and and then eating myself. Uh, I had my phone uh, basically, I, I, I don't know, dictate it to me. I don't know. It's like this. The, the I was wondering, I got halfway through and I was like, I wish that my phone could just read this to me because yeah. it was so long. <laughs> it was super easy on my iPhone. All I did was turn one thing on in the accessibility and then tell it to start reading the whole oh. page. And it started reading okay. the whole page. And it ver- it like it would there was definitely a, a little bit to be desired. Like every time it said, uh whenever it referred to Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the possessive, so Buffy's, <laughs> like Buffy's yeah. writing, writer's room, like that sort of thing, it would go Buffy S uh, and then continue because <laughs> it didn't understand yeah. Buffy apostrophe S. Uh, but, um, but, but it got the job done. And I, and so I, so I, I digested the entire article and actually here's the thing because of my stupid ADHD brain, I should, I should clarify undiagnosed ADHD brain. Um, uh, self-diagnosed, I guess. I, I reading things is difficult. Listening to things is actually super easy. I, while I'm doing other stuff, like I said, making dinner and eating. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I am otherwise occupied. Let my brain listen to these words. Um, so I, I think I probably actually got more of the article by virtue of that than if I had read it with my own eyeballs. Um, fair. And un- unless there's comic book panels to go along with it, what's the point? I uh, fair. So here's here's the cliff notes, so you don't have to read the whole article. I uh, Joss Whedon paid New York Magazine to <laughs> okay. 
write an article. This is Mike's opinion about the article. I mean, I think it's self-evident when you read it. Stuff like that. They, they, they. I disagree. I don't think this article puts him in a very good light. So I don't. I don't think that. I think he didn't get his money worth if he paid for it. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not. The purpose of the article is not to absolve Joss Whedon of the things that he's done. The purpose of the article is to paint Joss Whedon as another victim of these circumstances. It opens by talking about how horrific his upbringing was, you know, living uh, the, the, the third generation of uh, a television writing dynasty and having every opportunity handed to him on a silver platter was real rough because his parents were like super mean because they were funny TV writers. So now we're supposed to go, Oh, that's why he was mean in his writer's room because that's how he was raised. So that's why look, I'll I'll let, let me be vulnerable for a minute. I yell at Cara and Cassie way more often than I'm comfortable with. I lose my temper and I get really mad. And like Cassie is too. She doesn't deserve to be yelled at for anything. She's two years old, but I lose my cool. Cause I'm tired. And like any other parent like knows they, they know. So like, I don't feel, I'm not like outing myself for this or anything. It's like, but like I lose my cool more often than I am comfortable with. I want to be better about it. My parents also like they lost their cool way more often than I do. That's not a good excuse for me losing my cool. And it's not a reason for me to get away with it. Right. Like, like it is like, yes, it's a reason. Yes. It's a, it, maybe there's like a direct correlation between the way that I was raised and the way that I'm raising my girls. I would really like to break that chain right here. And I'm working super hard on it. Right. Joss Whedon had this interviewer. I'm convinced like this is like you said, this is my opinion. I'm convinced that the conversation about what this article was going to be was. It turns out that Joss Whedon, it, it, one of two things happened. He either paid this guy or, or this person is like a huge Joss Whedon fan and is like on his side in all of this. Right. And so is like trying to paint him in this light of like, he he suffered as a child. He was the youngest of three and he had long red hair. So people often mistook him for a girl, which, by the way, Joss Whedon didn't mind, you know, because he's super progressive and he's a really like, you know, he's like that's he's very like in tune with the female audience because that's, how you know, why he wrote Buffy and blah, blah, blah. Like there's all these like things peppered in the article Cause we're not going to, let's be clear. We're not going to talk about the awful things Joss Whedon did. Joss Whedon is awful. He's a, he's a bad person. There are enough people who have, uh, said things that he did. And then other people who corroborated those things that it's like, no, yeah, this happened. And then on top of that, the Warner brothers launched it like, because Ray Fisher forced them to, uh, and Zack Snyder, like they basically forced them to to do this investigation. They did this investigation on Joss Whedon, and the outcome of it is that he was removed as an executive producer from a show that he created. Like <laughs> that that's not something that you do when you're like, no, it turns out he's actually a really nice guy and everything's fine. I uh, like we that's it's academic at this point. Joss Whedon 
created toxic work environments and was abusive to his employees and did things that are much worse than that. We're not going to talk about that stuff because we don't need to, because we've already litigated all of that stuff. It's done. What this is about is about Joss Whedon, like many other stars, uh, celebrities, uh, famous people and people with a lot of money and power have this path back in to their careers that starts with articles like this that try and reframe his actions because he's, because he is guilty, right? Like it, it, I mean, like he, he admits to things within this article. So like he is guilty of, of doing at least some of these things that he's been accused of. <clears throat> so now it's a matter of now we have to change public opinion. Now we have to, we have to, it's a, now it's a political campaign and like, so there, this has no business being published in a magazine. It has no business being published on a website that, that is supposed to have some sort of a, a reputation for journalism. Cause this isn't journalism. This is, this is public relations and it's like, it's a hundred percent political like that. It, and it, it, it's so apparent it, that they're, it doesn't even feel like they're trying to hide it, you know? And, and on top of it, like he, he calls out Ray Fisher for being a bad actor in, in both senses, like in both, like he's, uh, I, yeah, that yeah. he was doing things for nefarious means. And also that he's a bad actor. Look, there are things that we could talk about with justice league with both <laughs> the Snyder cut and Whedon's cut. Both of them are bad films. I uh, <laughs> there one is significantly worse than the other. Uh, and that's Joss Whedon's version. The things that are bad about Snyder's version have nothing to do with Ray Fisher's performance. Like, like as a matter of fact, he is like the bright light in that movie, in my opinion, um, in the four, it's not even a movie. It's four hours long. Come on. <laughs> like it's a mini series. And, yeah. and, and his, his arc, his character, and that stuff being restored. And I think I may have said this at the time. It makes it worthwhile. The whole exercise of the Snyder Cut. Like, it's all, like, maybe not worthwhile. Because there's some pretty toxic garbage that went on outside of the actual movie. With that that uh, contingent of fandom. That I don't think that there's... People went through stuff and dealt with things and harassment and stuff like that. At the hands of that fandom. That nobody should have had. They, there's no price high enough to pay for that it's it's unacceptable um but but like in terms of like warner brothers digging up the corpse of the justice league and the snyder uh, uh verse and all of that stuff is justified in us getting that story and that performance because i think that that is actually really good like there the if if only dark side and uh, uh steppenwolf and superman and batman trying to have a redemption arc uh for things that never happened <laughs> off screen it's just like all of that other stuff if they had made a cyborg movie and if it had been him and that story like that would have been a good that would have been a good story um and then you know we could have done justice league as a separate movie um <laughs> it's what they should have done but cyborg wouldn't have there's no box office draw there ray fisher is an unknown quantity at that point in time um all that stuff but uh yeah like that's joss whedon being like he's the bad guy in all of this it's like mm, 
uh, and on uh, Martin Luther King Day to <laughs> to boot, it's like not a good look, bud. I uh, uh, now is now right now is not the time <laughs> to be making this argument, this specific argument. But uh, Gal Gadot, like, hey, if you want to try and take her down, she's not really got the public on her side because of some of that israel stuff israel palestine stuff that we don't need to get well into, i mean he but... did try to he he tried to call her illiterate basically yeah. in yeah. english and uh she's a very smart lady who speaks english very well so i don't has know some has some unfortunate opinions on the uh, situation in israel and palestine but i she's I, israeli is she not she's yeah she's israeli and she in served in yeah, in, yeah so yeah. it's it look Again, similar to Joss Whedon trying to tell us that his parents and his upbringing are the reason why he's allowed to do horrible things. Uh, you know, like, I I understand the reason why Gal Gadot has the perspective that she does. It doesn't mean that her perspective is justified. Um, stuff that's going on there. But uh, that's a whole other topic we do not want to get into because it's... That's a whole episode and we need to bring an expert on in order to talk about it because... Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. get into the weeds and get into trouble real fast. Um, anyway, there was so much in this article, though, that I'm like, there's so many things to t- that it touches on that just make me feel. I don't know. I got halfway through the article and I wanted to message you being like, this article is making me feel icky and everything. Mm-hmm. The, my biggest thing about it and my app. And I know that we have to talk about it because it's pop culture and I feel like it's relevant. And we've, we've bitched enough about uh, Joss Whedon on the podcast that yeah. we need to talk about it again. But this article didn't bring anything to the conversation that is of merit, in my opinion. That's the thing that bothers me about it, is it's just making people talk about Joss Whedon again, which I guess what you're saying yeah. is the point yeah. of the article, but it makes me feel so gross. It's like, what? yeah, it's, and it is, I think that you're, the thing for me about the article is that the author, I think, is very specific about trying to not seem like they're on Joss Whedon's side and sort of try to paint it as much as possible between the lines. And the fact that it seems like they set up this article a while ago and then had to get permission later to publish it because they add the comments about having talked to Whedon later, like on the phone app, like yeah. weeks after the interview and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like there's other things at play there, but the big, the biggest thing for me that is sort of like feeling weird about this article is that I just don't exactly what you're saying. I'm like, we're feeding into it by talking about it because the best thing that we could do is just continue to not talk about Joss Whedon because yeah. he, he has already been relegated to like not being talked about <laughs> because people don't want to touch him with a 10 foot pole Nothing in this article makes me want to revisit him in any way. But what it does sort of talk about is this interesting space that he fell into that I don't understand how other people have navigated it successfully because he's now actively trying. And there are other people that that go down this path that you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just very odd. Like, how, how do we as a culture deal with people that, do really crappy things, but then create art that we enjoy. Right? Like what is the, where is our, our responsibility as individuals? Yeah. Right? Because Harry Potter's pretty great, but I just really don't want to 
give J.K. Rowling money for things. Yeah. But how, how do I navigate that? Because I do love this content. And it's the same thing. Like, Buffy has come on to uh, uh, Disney Plus, I think, is where I found it. I, I don't know. I found it somewhere really obscure. Where I was like, hey, I can watch all Buffy. Yeah. And I was like, well, I do. I love that content. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. You know, it's. A, I know that's I, not helpful, but I just that's just my thought. Yeah. No, I and yeah. I think I think I think that we have the wonderful benefit of living in a in a timeline where the good place exists and tackles mm-hmm. this whole conversation for us, um, and not to absolve anybody of anything, but I think at the end of the day, I like one of the points of that show was we live in this interconnected world where like you can't buy a t-shirt without like literally very literally being part of a, of a supply chain that's harming someone somewhere. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it in North America. So the only way to live, if you under, if you know that the point system exists, right. The only way to live according to that point system is to basically just like, like deny yourself of everything and, uh, and, and just live a life of pure suffering, which at that point, like you, now you're losing points cause you're treating yourself like garbage. Right. Like, and that's the whole thing. Like the, the, the it's Michael McKean plays that character, right. Where they, like they show up to his house and he, they like, he, he steps on the snail at one point. Oh, and then yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. God. Now it's like, now I've got to do like, like yeah. he's got to like to offset those points because he stepped on a snail. Um, and it's like, that, like, it's just, it's impossible. It's, it is impossible to live a pure life without sin. And hey, guess what? This isn't actually a new concept. This is a, this is a concept that's been around since the concept of sin was discovered. That it's like it is this is this is impossible. It's impossible to live a life without sin. So what do we do? You live the best life that you can. You do the best things that you can do. Uh, I also personally believe that collaborative art forms uh, are they're not exempt from it. We have to be conscious of it and you have to make decisions based on this of like who's benefiting the most from it. But there are a lot of other people who worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer that deserve yeah. credit that deserve. So it's like, let's have conversations about them, right? Let's have converse, conversations about the actors. Let's have conversations about the other writers. Uh, let's amplify those things and just talk less about the people that don't deserve to be talked about. Um, and like, like with Harry Potter, like it's tough. It's really tough. I will say I was really disheartened when that, that 10 year or 20 year retrospect, geez, 10 years, I wish uh 20 year retrospective on the Harry Potter franchise uh, came out on HBO max and on Craven Canada. And all of a sudden I saw my Twitter feed light up with people talking about Harry Potter stuff. People who but I don't think JK was in it. I think very she, she, she is. There is, there is a she clip is? of her oh, in okay. it. There is a clip of her in it, okay. but regardless it is like Warner Brothers owning the rights to Harry Potter stuff, making a profit off of that, that in order to do that stuff, JK Rowling's getting money somewhere in that chain, right? No matter yeah. what you do. Yeah. I, and there are a lot of people who said a lot of things about how they were done with that franchise because 
that is one instance of like somebody like, like, like the JK Rowling thing is like, if Joss Whedon were continuing to behave in the way that he was behaving, like if he were out there going like, Oh, I'm still making Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff. And I'm still doing these evil things. And he was just like, Hey everybody, I'm going to tweet about it. Right? Like if that were the case and you were like, I'm going to buy a Buffy t-shirt. I'd be like, uh, is that a good idea? Is that a good idea? Because he's actively doing right. harm to people and putting money in his pockets is helping him do that and telling him that it's okay. Um, so it's like with the Harry Potter stuff, there's a lot of people who like, like, because it's it's only been a couple of months since the last time that J.K. Rowling said something offensive um, and like doubled, tripled, <laughs> quadrupled. I've lost count now. Uh, 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 you know, uh, triple down on her, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, on, on her turf nonsense. Right. Um, and so to see, to see people tweeting about Harry Potter stuff, like, like, like they didn't three months ago say that they were throwing away all their Harry Potter stuff. Right. Like it's like, that's where like that performative component of it can be really frustrating. Um, so like I it's I drafted a tweet and deleted it because I was so frustrated that day that it came out because I was like I was like some of you are disgusting hypocrites right now but I didn't want to <clears throat> I, that wasn't going to accomplish anything <laughs> it was the it was yeah, the, you know I uh, I I uh, thumpers words uh, echoing in my in my head if you don't have anything nice to say. I uh, so I was like, "This what? What? Who is this going to help? What? What purpose is this going to serve? Um, all this is going to do is alienate somebody and upset them, uh, which we now know the behavior that follows that is usually doubling down on the thing that the other person is mad about. That's usually what happens. That has been my experience. It's really tough to navigate. It's kind of like." Uh, like the the pop culture quicksand analogy of like the more you struggle the the faster you sink um and uh yeah it, yeah it's it's i and and when i say i've experienced it from both sides absolutely from both sides where somebody has like called me out on something and i've gone like well you know what screw you and doubled down on it and <laughs> yep. cut off yep. that person and then on the other side of it of saying to somebody like hey the thing that you said on the internet was really harmful to me personally and i really wish that you'd reassess that and then them going like yeah cool see you never uh and so you know like i've been on both both ends of that of, of that effect um so it was one of those things of like this isn't going to do anything. This is, it's certainly not going to have the desired effect that I want to have, which is that JK Rowling no longer gets money from the Harry Potter franchise so that I can go to the wizarding world and have fun. Uh, <laughs> Cause that's what I want. That reality probably doesn't exist. So what do we do in that instance? You know? Um, and I, here's, there's an interesting, just to sort of be like, how do we navigate a complicated world? And everybody has to do what's going to work for them. And there are lots of things that it's like, read the article if you feel so inclined yep. to learn about different things. Again, it's not enlightening. It doesn't give you any new information. I think that people no. didn't know it more. If nothing else, it confirms stuff that people kind of thought was maybe true and maybe not. It yep. also makes you realize that like people in Hollywood sleep with a lot of different people. Like, I think it's just part of the like being on the periphery 
of the film industry and realizing how entitled people get yeah. in crap, like in crap roles, in, in things where you're not actually important, but people make you think you are. I can imagine what happened to Joss Whedon and why things evolved the way that they do. But so, so read what you're going to read or do what you're going to do. But I don't, I don't know if it, if it makes me feel any, I think it, I think it just makes me feel like a little bit, a little bit icky about, about the article um, or about the, about the situation. And it doesn't, it doesn't enlighten me or, or make, like give me any new information. I had a point that I was moving towards and it completely fell out of my brain <laughs> in, in, in tangenting to Vancouver people. Um, so I will, re I will remember <laughs> again. I will remember again. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hate it when that happens. It doesn't happen very often. Oh, it is that in navigating stuff, people are going to like what they're going to like, right? You can't stop people from liking what they're going to like. So yeah. find a way to offset the stuff that kind of sucks. So if you listen to an R. Kelly song, is it R. Kelly? Who's yeah. the one that hit Rihanna? No, um, that's maybe Chris donate. Brown. <laughs> it's Chris Brown. Not, not R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Don't R. Kelly did other horrible things, different horrible other things. Horrible yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. If you want to watch Space watch... Jam, right? Like it's it's yeah. okay. You're not a bad person for watching Space Jam, but maybe don't go to an R. Kelly concert. I don't know. I think he's in jail now. But yeah. Or, or but here's the thing: if you're gonna listen to a Chris Brown song, maybe also donate to a women's battery shelter or something yeah. where you acknowledge that people do kind of crap things and by supporting them, you're kind of making the world a little bit lesser. So try to make it a little bit better in another yeah. way. In right? the way that you and would offset your, your carbon footprint, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, off offset, offset, offset your moral compass a little bit in some way. Yeah. So like yeah. make it, make it realign, yeah. which is like real hard for me because I think if given the choice, I might go to the wizarding world in Florida. Cause I've never been, I've been to the one in LA and I'm kind of like, what would I do in that case? I feel like I would need to put a lot of goodness into the world because I'm doing something that's making the world a little bit worse. And I don't know. It's hard to live with it. Like, how do you, as an individual, find joy in the world when everything causes somebody else pain? Like, everything. Exactly what you're talking about. The good place analogy. Anything that you're going to do, right? NFT bros don't think that they're making the world worse, but they are. <laughs> like, yeah. again, everybody just tries... They think they thought that in buying that stupid Dune book that they were going to liberate a story for the masses, right? It's not like they set out to be crappy human beings. They set out to try to do something better and it just made the world a little bit worse, right? <laughs> Everybody does that. It's it's just sort of how it yeah. how it works, so you got to manage that. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. That's not like a moral, but that's just I found my way to my point and I feel like we can only do what we can do. And in my world, if I wasn't podcasting, I would have chosen not to read this article because I don't think that it brings anything better yeah. into the world. So well, you know, we talk about like, it so you don't have to. I, I, I haven't finished season two of The Witcher yet. I, as a matter of fact, I fell asleep during the second episode. Um, <gasps> Blasphemy. Yeah, I, it's not it's this is not a condemnation of of The Witcher. It's I'm it's I am not in a place right now where I can consume The Witcher and uh, I and remain upright and conscious um because because <laughs> it's like i was digging it but i laid down on the couch and because I, like i'm like one of those baby dolls that like when you when you lay it down its eyes closed, <laughs> yeah, just, it's closed and, yeah. and you're like you're like how do i can i and you're like you're like you've got your fingers on the eyelids to hold them open yeah, and you lay like, it down you and then you let go and they like slam shut and you're like 
I don't know. I, I don't know how this works, but it does. Um, that is that is me as a human being. It's like I, I have to be really conscious of like, like, for example, on Tuesday nights when I stay up to watch Boba Fett or Hawkeye or whatever, like whatever the Disney Plus show is that I'm staying up until midnight. I am like. I am super conscious that like at 1145 ish, I'll have like a bowl of sugary cereal and then I will sit cross legged with my <laughs> phone on the table about two feet away from me so that I have to like really reach to get it upright and like keep my <laughs> eyes on the screen. Because if I like shift left or right, or if the episode isn't, ca- I mean like with those shows, it hasn't been a problem with bad batch the animated star Wars series. Like there was a couple episodes where I was like, Oh, I got to watch this in the morning. Uh, and I went to sleep and watched the rest of it in the morning. Cause I was falling asleep. <laughs> it had a couple, it had a couple of snoozers in that season. Most of the season was good, but it had a couple. Um, it should only be 12 episodes for 13 episodes for the season. Instead of being like, I think it's like 18 or something, but anyways. Um, but yeah, like I make like a concerted effort. And the other night, like I found myself and it wasn't even late. There's a that that's the other thing. It was like nine forty five, and everybody was in bed, and uh, uh, and I found myself with a little bit of time to myself, and was like, "Ooh, I'll watch an episode of The Witcher because because I have to wait because Crystal really doesn't like it, and I obviously can't watch it when the girls are around." Um, so it it was like, "Oh, cool! I finally have a moment. I'm gonna watch an episode of The Witcher," and. It was like, oh, this is really good. But then they're like, like having lots of conversations. It's that second episode. There's a lot of conversationing (laughs) happening about like what things are and where people have been and what they're going to do about (laughs) stuff. And there's not a lot of actual like it's like, hey, we're walking around this castle. Um, So I was like, yeah, I had a hard. It was rough. It was a rough go. It was like, is someone going to pull out a sword and slice the head off of something at some point? Because that's what I'm here for with this show. Um, and I know that we'll get there. But but surprisingly, um, actually, there's less like monsters of the episode in is there? the second season of. Um, anyways. Because yeah, it's, it's more like a holistic anyways. It's all all like, of I that was to say. There is lots of flashbacks. They, 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 they. The showrunner for that, I have been like on the periphery of this and I've kind of like tried to ignore it um, uh, just because I don't have the kind of like you, with you know, I don't want to read this article because I don't have the capacity for it right now. Um, So I was like, I really I just don't I just I would like to actually watch The Witcher. I don't want to be mad about it. I'll I'll watch it and then afterwards I'll read it and decide if I need to be legitimately that mad about it. But she was apparently supporting I I. Is is a terrible YouTube channel and uh, a very like um, um, abusive, harassing type of online presence. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to give them free press. Because um, this, this right. is how they this this is their bread and butter. This is how they do it. Hey, by by the way, by the way, when somebody online posts a video like about a Star War or. Uh, or a Marvel or a DC or something like that. And it's like, wow, they're saying some really like racist or sexist stuff. Understand that the reason that they're doing that is because they want you to talk about them. And this is what you're talking about with Joss Whedon. It's like, they want you to, to put them into the, the conversation because no press is bad press. Like, like there's no such thing as bad press. 
sort of thing. It's like, oh, now they're just getting brand recognition. And when you go online and uh, say you're uh, a liberal left wing, uh, uh, you know, talking points, it lets the right wing conservative uh, uh, people know that that's a person that they should be listening to. Cause, cause they're just looking for people to support their arguments. Well, I mean, like, honestly, let's, let's be real. No different than we are. Um, than any of us are in anything. That's the half of you are listening to this podcast because you agree with Amanda and I about a bunch of stuff and you're looking for people to confirm your biases. I, I like the fact that Joss Whedon's a bad person, but anyways, all of this stuff is come like happening online, and this person is like doubling down on it and saying like I'm just trying to, you know, I don't know. I think she said something about like, like oh this is this is how you you have to start the conversation somewhere. These people like if you want them to be less garbage people, and it's like well if you want this person to be less garbage, you have to show them, you have to change the algorithm so that the algorithm doesn't profit vitriol because that's the way it is right now. This podcast not super popular. Not super popular. I mean, like, we're happy with our audience. We love you guys. You're the best. But it's like this. We're not setting any of the charts on fire because I because we're generally like pretty positive about stuff. And we talk about the things that we like and we're not out here saying horrible, uh, disgusting things. If we did online, then, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram would like put us into other and YouTube would put us into other people's feeds. Um, and we'd get free advertising <laughs> based off of it. It's really unfortunate the way that everything's structured. And Mark Zuckerberg is a bad person. Um, Can I we've just? Call, we've called I out have, a lot of people on this episode. We've called out so because the world's all going to be a little bit. It's com- the world is complicated. Can I just say, in trying to Google Lauren Schmidt uh, Hisserit or whatever, however you say her name, yeah. <laughs> There's a petition on change.org to remove her as a showrunner. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to speak to some of her views. But it's just people wanting to remove her because they think she's a bad showrunner. <laughs> and it has like 12,000 signatures. And it's just like, we, admirers and fans of the Witcher universe, demand the management of Netflix change change it. And like, we love the world and she's completely disrespectful and it's a, dismissive of the universe and lore of the Witcher. That's like, like, that's like this Joss Whedon article coming out and then all of the Snyderverse bros being like, see, this, restore the Snyderverse. And it's like, guys, guys, that's not what anyone's talking about. That's not what this is about. This isn't about oh, restore so the Snyderverse, guys. Stop no. it. Yeah, but it's um uh, th- that I'm those bad, those bad. dudes <laughs> that are that are like remove her from the show, like we like yeah. replace her as as EP. They're they're mad because there aren't enough uh, boobies in The Witcher. Yeah, I was um, gonna say that's probably straight up sexism, yeah. which is again you kind of go like. Oh, it's just, I feel like we've talked for way too long, but it's why I didn't like want to start with the Joss Whedon article because otherwise yeah. we would have just talked forever about terrible things. But it's like, at what level is it like what they do worse than somebody else saying worse things and not having that same bent, right? Like Lauren Schmidt, Hisrick is probably doing some good things for The Witcher because she's a woman and there's all of these things, right? So you're like, well then... Yeah. These other leaning points that you go in this direction, does that make it worse? And the same thing like with Joss Whedon. The stuff he created 
did good things for female characters yeah. in television. Right? Yeah. It's not like anybody's like undermining that or saying that he didn't, right? But it's like it allowed him to do stuff that people then didn't call out because they get blindsided by this other thing, right? And it's like, I don't know. I just, I, and ugh, I, I think like yeah. the, when we talk about the Harry Potter thing versus the Joss Whedon thing, there's also like the component of like, so Joss Whedon's done all of these horrible things. He also hasn't done certain things that like, that I feel like JK Rowling's been doing where it's like people like, you know, check out Buffy and then, and then, you know, these positive knock on effects of, of that series existing. Um, and you know, like sort of like the, the, the feminist iconography, uh, that, that gets built around that character in that series. Um, and like, all, like it, it is a net positive at the end of the day. I want to attribute that to not just him, but to the whole group. It's oh, yeah. like I said, yeah, yeah. it's a collaborative thing, right? So all of the other writers, Sarah Michelle Geller, like, cause, cause also the actor that plays, uh, uh, Xander is, uh, is, a, is, is not a good person. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, like stuff came out after the fact of that. It was like, this, this, this guy is not a good dude, but, um, I haven't been paying enough. I don't pay enough attention. Yeah. I, but but I don't know the details of that because that's another one of the ones where it's like you know what I'll just take your word for it I don't need to know, um I don't need the details I I but I but yeah like the but the net positive of Buffy is is that you know I, it inspired other artists to go on and create other things and you know like like that that style of writing has become it's like it's a genre of itself right. Like we end up with shows like Veronica Mars and stuff that, you know, goes on to other things. And, and I, uh, you know, there, there, there are repercussions that I think are, are uh, like I said, a net positive, <clears throat> but Joss Whedon didn't also like, at, like when that started happening, go like, no, this isn't feminist. You got, this is no, I, I let me explain to you my views on how women, <laughs> right. Like yeah, whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. JK yeah. Rowling, it's like, people are like, Oh, but like, what if I see it? But like, I, I see this character as blah, blah, blah. And then her being like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Let me write a thing on Pottermore to clarify this. So that in (laughs) canon, now you can't interpret that character that way. Oh, you thought that character might be queer in some way. They are not right. Like, um, and sort of like, like she, she's like actively taken steps to continue that story. And, and, and like, even after doing things that people are like, Hey, maybe that was a little bit harmful. She's like, well, let me tell you about the indigenous wizards. And it's like, ha, uh, who did you talk to an indigenous person before writing any of this? Because it's super offensive and gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, like that stuff was so disappointing. I think we may have even talked about it when that happened. Um, yeah, I don't cause... remember talking about indigenous wizards. There's a lot of stuff that I just don't pay attention to with her. Oh, so like when they did that Pottermore stuff, there was like a whole the whole thing of like oh. she like the, there was it was right around the time that Fantastic Beast was happening. So she had she had done all of like the world building lore around. It was when they relaunched Pottermore, and uh, I they uh, she published a bunch of stories about like um, about basically like like first nations and native american uh wizarding schools right so like what happens in north america like what's the history in north america versus uh europe right and uh and there was a bunch of stuff in it that was very like 
Oh, this is based on this is not based on actual like like anthropological or you know uh, uh, historical stuff. This is based on pop culture ideas of North American Indians, right? Like it was it and and like there's there there was like just enough to be like no no this was researched. But like not enough to be like, well, it wasn't researched well, <laughs> you know, and it's like it shouldn't have been researched. It should have been like if if you really cared, it should have been you should have let some other voices come in and write some stories. Right. Like because if you really wanted that to mean something and for it to be built in a, like from a place of like true inclusion, then get some indigenous writers to write you some mythology for your world. And then you can write fantastic beasts on that framework. Cool. Right. That's not what she did. She thought that she could just write indigenous stories. And it's like, mm, no, no, these, these definitely like, there's, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, that systemic racism uh, coursing throughout it, whether that was her intent or not. But in any case, J.K. Rowling has repeatedly doubled down on the bad decisions. And it's like every time somebody's been like, hey, maybe you should think about this from a different perspective. She goes, maybe you should think about shutting up. I'm going to do what I do. Because <laughs> have you heard my story? It's really sad. Uh, like her her life story. Right. Like that's that's always like which is what Joss Whedon's trying to do as well. It's like that. People try and like I just I can't. It's like. Like bad behavior, and then they try and go like it's because people were mean to me, and it's like that's not that's not a good. Well, I will say that that's probably, but but that is why most people carry on behavior is because it was learned in some way, and it's true, right? It's true. A lot of people do bad things because bad things happen to them, and they don't they haven't been able to process it. But it's one of those things where it's like just because you hurt other people. And it wasn't your fault because of something psychological. You still hurt them. You still have to apologize. You still have to take ownership for that. It's still you that did it. It's not like you get absolved for that. Right? So using it as an excuse is sort of an interesting place. I just, I don't know. Again, I think that you think that this author is a lot nicer to him than I think he is. Because definitely the, um, actually, and I don't know the gender of the writer. So I apologize for that slip of the pronoun tongue. Um, But uh, they mention... Uh, Harvey Weinstein in the article and I feel like it's very specific to (laughs) drop Harvey Weinstein's name in an article like it's a very pointed that they say like James Franco Harvey Weinstein and someone else that went through this like particular like rehabilitation program or whatever it is right and I'm like oh I don't know I think that colors that colors it Ugh, again (laughs) I don't know what to think about this article but uh I find it intriguing though that the writer has a Twitter, um, so Lila Shapiro, um, that only has a tweet that is this article. Because I was curious early on when you were saying, like, what what went on? Like, does this mm. writer have a relationship with Joss Whedon? Like, what's going I find it interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll apologize because I think that I did misgender the the writer. Uh, I didn't I didn't bother to pay attention <laughs> when I was reading it. No, it's a, I just because I, I just we, got right uh, into it. We have a tendency to do that. Yeah, we yeah. have a tendency yeah. to do that as human beings. Yeah, so, so I, like, that's my bad. Anyways, I, it's just I thought it was yeah. of of note that. Uh, yeah, no, that's weird. We really don't that's know very context. odd and weird and yeah. curious and <laughs> suspect. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird. I, it's a weird like if yeah. 
I think that there are certain things laced into the article to virtue signal to make it seem like the author might be on the side of, you know, like justice, let's say. Uh, not so much people, but an ideology. Um, but to me, in 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 having it read to me by my phone, uh, which I think maybe is actually a really like a like an interesting perspective because it's very dispassionate, it's very objective, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the way yeah. that it was presented to me, so I'm just paying attention to the words, um, not putting so much inflection or 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 sort of uh, uh, you know sort of motive behind it in in the way that we usually do when we're reading things. Um, it, to me, it was like there's. There's enough of the building him up as exactly what, like a lot of the times in the article, it gets framed as like, people have this image of Joss Whedon and his parties that he would throw. And like, and he would have, he would have the cast and crew over to read Shakespeare. And it's like, it's do it's like written in this way of like, of like, Oh, like, like he would do these things yuck but also like but let's be real it's kind of cool that he did these things right it's like it, it's it's it was a really weird it's off that's the thing it's it's discordant with itself where at times it's like Joss Whedon did bad things and then at other times it's like Joss Whedon is the reason we have everything good in pop culture today Right. Like it, it, it is, it's not even equal measures. It's like, it's like Joss Whedon is a genius. Joss Whedon comes from a long line of geniuses. He did all of these super cool things. We wouldn't have all of these feminist superhero characters if it weren't for him going first. He's really the reason why all of this exists. But I guess like these people said that he did some bad things and these other people also said that he did some bad things. And in Hollywood, there's a lot of people doing bad things. So I guess he did these bad things. But like, let's not forget how rad he is also because he made Avengers too, right? Like, and it's just like Scarlett Johansson never said anything bad about him. It's like, well, Scarlett Johansson had a lot more power in that dynamic than he did. Like, Scarlett Johansson at the <laughs> yeah. time was the highest grossing actress. I mean, I think she still might be currently the highest grossing actress in Hollywood. So Scarlett Johansson gets to make a lot of calls about the way that her character is handled and you don't really get to say anything about it. It doesn't matter if you're Joss Whedon. The, um, the so, you know, like, like know what side your bread is buttered on, you know, like it's so these are not that and Charisma Carpenter are not the same thing. These are not the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. For sure. And you can see the dynamic in the article, too, in the way that they talk about the difference between him coming on to Justice League and changing how the yeah. actors interacted with the script in a way that because he wrote Avengers, they probably didn't interact with it in the same way. Right. Yeah. Because the, it would have been really clear from the start that that project was. Yeah. A, a do the script. Project, but also. Right? And so you but, create a yeah. certain kind of dynamic with that. But also you walk onto that set that's not joss whedon's set avengers right, yeah, right? that is yeah that yeah, set yeah, belongs yeah. to robert downey jr 
and it belongs to Scarlett Johansson and Samuel L. Jackson. It's their set and they set the tone and Kevin Feige is there and he sets the tone. So I yeah, think that yeah. I think that what happened on Avengers and Age of Ultron was probably very different for those reasons. I think I think because we haven't heard a heck of a lot of stuff about Marvel movies and about like toxic atmosphere. Like like there was a there was definitely issues uh, with Thor: The Dark World, but that is one of those ones where it's like it's kind of the exception proving the rule it, it, to a certain degree of mm-hmm. like. That, like that that was the one instance where and it's like and what happened there they they everybody parted ways because it wasn't working the dynamic wasn't working right so bring in a different uh, a different director completely different tone different atmosphere and that movie ends up suffering a lot because of that all that stuff right but but i do think like 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 that like when when they when the article tries to like kind of pepper in this stuff about avengers as like the counterpoint and also to support some of the things that Joss has said about like, of like, Hey, cause there's a point in the article where it brings up him basically saying to Gal Gadot, it's like, I'm sorry, you're giving me pointers. Which one of us directed the highest grossing superhero film of all time. Right. Like, like that sort of an attitude. And there are things that the, that, that the author of the article says that, that support that argument more than support Gal Gadot's argument, that's for sure, right? It's very, very heavily weighted in Joss's favor. It like that's uh, to me like that's the way that I read it, and I don't, I'm not really seeing another way to read that. A lot of that stuff because it is a lot of like, like you should really feel sorry for this guy. He's he's just trying to make good superhero movies, and it, it's <laughs> it's like that's nope. That's I mean like yes, that might be true. And I think that's the dangerous part of it. And that's where a lot of this stuff gets really dangerous is that a lot of those things are true, right? It, it may absolutely be true that Joss Whedon grew up in a very toxic environment and uh, felt really crappy as a result of it. That doesn't give him an excuse to create a toxic work environment for the people that work for him like that. It's just like, this does not excuse the other thing. And if, you know what, if he goes to therapy and he, and he learns the right things to say, and he comes back into the world and he says the right things. I think that there's every opportunity for a person who does that. Robert Downey Jr. is a really great example of a person who got really high and did some really, really stupid things, some very problematic, dangerous, uh, illegal things, went to jail, got his act together, and now talks in a completely different way and is a very different transformed person from the person that he was at that point in his life. Obviously, we have room in society for people to learn those things and come back and you know, like justice needs to be restorative. So you need to do things to make up for the things that you did. That's not what Joss Whedon's trying to do right now. Joss Whedon is coming in going, I did some bad stuff, but like, you know, it's not that big of a deal if you really think about it. Cause I made Buffy and Avengers. And it's like that. <laughs> I think maybe you need to go back to those classes that you've been going to and, and figure some stuff out. It's like, Hey, I'm in, I'm in sex addiction counseling. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Ho- hopefully, things are going better for you. But you, 
you're not saying the things in this article that you need to say in order for me to think to feel that you've actually like learned the lesson. It's more like it's kind of it feels more like Mel Gibson where it's like a, go away for a little while, try not to say anything anti-Semitic, and then we'll and then we'll and then we'll put you in some stuff. And and now Mel Gibson's on his way back and you know he's got I'm looking at his IMDb and he's got uh, one, two, two things completed that are waiting to be released. Uh, three things in post, four things in post-production, uh, two things that he's filming right now, and three more things in pre-production. And Mel Gibson said some pretty awful things about Jewish people. <laughs> so it's really tough because one of them is a, is the spinoff series from uh, the John Wick series, which I really like. Uh, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to watch that show. So uh, anyways. Joss Whedon's a bad person. Don't support his stuff. Um, but, you know, you can still watch. I think you can still watch Buffy in reruns. I think that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. As a, as, a, as a nice button to this, I have been casually scrolling Twitter. And there are other people that are saying, I know nothing. Is he beating up Anubis? And I'm rewatching this gif over and over again. And I have to say, I think that that's who Moon Knight is beating up at the end of this. It is definitely like a dog god thing yeah like i mean i mean i think i think he thinks he's beating up anubis i that's i think that's the more i think that's the more accurate that is answer. what this is depicting yes yes yeah. um yeah yeah i'm excited Man, for moon night let, let me tell you that if, if if the day ever comes where it turns out i don't think that this is the case because everybody says that oscar isaac is a lovely person and everything that i've seen just just supports that argument he just seems just like the best the absolute best and the really great thing is that if if you get to be friends with oscar isaac you also get to be friends with pedro pascal can you imagine that can you imagine that there are two for one deal because they're best friends right so So it's like like it's oh my god that's that's fantastic and diego luna's in there as well which like to bring us back to a year ago come on uh, like come on amanda I think here's yeah, the well, thing. We need to make well, this happen because then we both we both get to win on this where I get to be <laughs> friends with Oscar Isaac and you get to be friends with Diego Luna and then uh, oh. both of our lives are vastly just like you know like like I know that like I'm supposed to say that like like you know the day that that my daughters were born like that you know each of those it's a tie it's a tie the, the two of them and then also it's the three way tie because also the day that I married Crystal it's like these are the best days of my life but uh, let me tell you something let me tell you something it's gonna be a four way tie the day that I become friends with Oscar Isaac it's a four way tie <laughs> there you go I just really I, I hope I get to meet him one day like at a Star Wars celebration <laughs> I don't think that that'll I don't know that he'll ever be at a Star Wars celebration. It's too much of a star. I feel like it's within the realm of possibility that you could definitely meet Oscar Isaac. I will say, don't open with the fact that he's on your list. I don't think it'll serve you well in the long run. You don't think but, so? Uh, you don't think so? I, don't think I mean, so. like, I, it's not going to be no. the first thing that I say to him. But I think in that, like, <laughs> in that initial conversation, when it's like. You would mention it? I Just like, so we've clearly established have- that I'm not crazy. I just think that you're awesome. Uh, okay uh, and beautiful you think and, you can do that over the course of a conversation all right and good luck. I, I do think i do think that i can do that and just to say to him like hey like i just want you to know that like like because i think it's a very natural thing coming off of a conversation about storm pilot right 
of like of like saying to him like I like it it drives me insane that Disney wouldn't let you guys do that because I think that it would have been so good for Star Wars. It would have been so good for the world. Like it was just a right there. And you guys like you and John Boyega have such good chemistry. Oscar, if you, if you are listening to this, if you do ever get the opportunity to hear this, somebody gives this to you. (laughs) This I'm going to talk to you right now and just say that like, it just like the chemistry is so off the charts that it's literally like it's two moments, right? Like it's two moments that 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 create Storm Pilot. It's the it's the the we're gonna do this. Like the way that he looks at John in that in that I I just watched it not that long ago, and I was just like, man, it's this is so good. And then and then it's the jacket, right? The jacket moment, the jacket which like we know, yeah. everybody knows. I don't need to describe it any more than that. And that's because it's so visceral. It's so, good. It's so visceral. <laughs> The way that that Oscar Isaac looks at John Boyega in that moment that you can't help but like two things happen simultaneously. You fall in love with John Boyega in that jacket. You're like, I yeah, he does look good in that jacket. I agree. And you fall in love with Oscar Isaac and you're like, just sweep me away. Like, just 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 carry me off into the sunset, Oscar Isaac. It. I don't understand how any human being could not have that reaction to him in that moment in that movie. Uh, Cause he does that thing. He bites his lower lip and you're just like done. And, and then to express to him, like as a straight man, I felt that like, that's how, like, that's how good you are at what you do. That as a straight guy, I was like, you know what? I'll break the rule. It's not, it. it's fluid now. Like you like, like to say to him, like you just made that rule fluid in my mind. That's it. It's powerful. It's good acting. I think that you could say that to Oscar Isaac and, and for him to, I think that he's a cool enough guy and that he cares about that sort of thing. Like that sort of progressive mindset enough that he would be like, that is actually like a really nice thing to say. I'm not, I wouldn't walk up to him and say like, I, I will have sex with you if you ask me. Right. Like that's weird and forward. But to say to him, like, like your your performance in a Star Wars movie was so good in my eyes that it made me reassess my my whole like sexuality. Like you like you cracked open a door that that allowed me to have other possibilities in my mind. Right. And like I still identify as heterosexual, but like. I mean, like, not, not, whereas before it might have been like, I might have said like, oh, like 99%. Now I'm like, probably like 86, 87%. Because like, to seriously entertain the idea, you got, that's got to at least bump it down to like an A minus from, from an A plus, right? You know what I mean? That's, like, that is, that is significant. I'm, I'm thinking about it it's in terms of letter grades, right? 86 is that, is I that think- line that there should be a list somewhere or maybe we could do a podcast on it of mm-hmm. actors so good that they made you reassess your sexuality. Yeah. And I feel like that's a thing. And sometimes it's the characters. Sometimes, sometimes it's, the characters, I mean like sometimes it's the beautiful it's the beautiful union of two, right? Like it's it is yeah. both things. Yeah. The thing with Oscar Isaac is that it doesn't matter what movie it is. It does yeah, not matter. Dude, and it same. look 
Same, same. Dude, same. Dude, big same in Dune. Like, like, dude. lying in that freaking chair and he's not even doing anything. And you're like, oh my gosh, you are the yeah, most beautiful man. Dune ever. is like, is like, hey, I'm going to stand on this cliff. And you're just like, I'm going to, I want to stand on that cliff with you. And whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, no, it just reinforced it. But every single movie, I mean, like, even he shows up in the post-credits in Spider-Verse and says, like, two lines. And I'm like, whatever you say, man. (laughs) Spider-Verse 2 can't come fast enough, you guys. It's just, yeah, anything. Anything. I mean, like, (laughs) for God's sake, there's a sexual charge between him and Charlize Theron in the animated Adam's family movie that I'm like, that I sit through those movies and you were in my house to watch one of those movies with me. We were watching this movie with my children and I can't help but watch that movie and go, it's a crying shame that we don't get to see the two of them on screen together because it would just be like, Oh boy. Oh oh, man. That'd be something. I, is that have have that I cleansed the palate? Thirst enough? trap episode. <laughs> thirst, yes, I feel like a good authorizing thirst look, trap is the great. Everybody, buckle up because the next couple months are gonna be rough <laughs> if you don't like the way I'm talking about Oscar Isaac right now. Because the closer we get to Moon Knight, and then let me tell you, once Moon Knight is actually, once I actually get to see that every week. If you think I'm insufferable with like with like Loki or <laughs> Boba Fett or Mandalorian or Bad Batch, any of that stuff, I am gonna be on another level with this show. It doesn't matter. It like I know some people have complained about the accent already, and I'm like, I don't care. Shut up. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because if Oscar <laughs> des- decided that that's the accent, it's the right choice. And I will fight anyone anyone it's a it's a good choice and he could there could be an episode of this show where he scoops cat poop out of litter out of a litter box for like half the episode like that's like it's literally like he's like he's like oh i gotta i'm the moon knight i gotta go i gotta go night some moons immediately but first i gotta take care of this litter box because it's been it's been on my list for weeks and just 45 minutes of him just scooping and i just be like but like it's the way that he scoops the litter, you know what I mean? Like that's where I'm at with Oscar Isaac, and I need everybody to know that and really like, just like really you know integrate what would be, like, that legitimately into legitimately good. Is him like painting a wall? Like you know how you say like watching paint dry? Yeah, that would be like entertaining as heck to watch Oscar Isaac paint a wall. Yeah, you know I like those so. like, like fire logs that they have on during yeah. the holidays. Yeah, we should come up with just like other things that you can just put on your because you know because you know at some point while he's painting that wall he's gonna do that thing where he's like he's got to wipe some sweat off of his brow and he's got the roller in the oh. one hand and he's just kind of like and he just does it <laughs> and you're just like all right yeah I agree <laughs> it's, it's like he didn't say anything like no but I agree with him I just agree with him you guys. <laughs> People don't understand. And I think that people think that it's a bit and that like this is a joke and like that I do this for comedic effect. There are a lot of things that I'll admit like they're like I like I'll amp it up or whatever. And it's a bit into them a little bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is not one of them. 
This is not one of them. It is I have because you were just like this when nobody is being recorded. Yeah, I have intense feel. Like <laughs> Crystal will tell you, like I have intense feelings about this man in a way that, like, because like I, there are other actors that I'm infatuated with, right? Like, uh, and some of them yeah. it's problematic. Like Tom Cruise is an actor that, like, I love everything that Tom Cruise does, and I, like I, that, I just think that his choices as an actor are phenomenal, and. and you know, like I could watch any of his movies because it's just like, what's going on? Like, we're like, these choices are so good. But then like, it's, it's definitely tempered by the fact that he is a psychopath that has definitely done some bad stuff. And he's just powerful and rich enough that he's managed to keep it under, under wraps. Like, it's just, I, I don't know how. And eventually one day we'll find out how crazy all of that Scientology stuff, like his involvement in things has been over the years, but there'll be some, HBO documentary after he dies or something. I uh, but I I I yeah, like it's it, it yeah, Oscar Isaac it's just like like I like sometimes I just think about that one picture of him eating uh I can't I, is he I think he's eating flaming hot Cheetos with the with the chopsticks. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Other people the same revere of reverence. Uh, yeah, other people know what I'm talking about. They, like this is the okay. thing is that other people know what I'm talking about, and the reason to eat like like flaming hot Cheetos or Cheetos or whatever, like anything. Oscar Isaac so Cheetos chopsticks. Oh, hey, it's the first thing that comes up when you type in Oscar Isaac. And he's in that sweatshirt, <laughs> and he's got the he's got the toque. He's got oh. a, Americans would call it a beanie. <laughs> And that look in his eyes, and I'm just like, anything you say. Anything you say. This is such a bad picture. You know what, Mike, makes me sad? Is that, like, as much as I talk a lot about hot actor men on this podcast, I am a little jealous that I don't have the same type, like, affinity for any actor as much as you do for Oscar Isaac. And I just... I, I'm a little jealous. I'm pleased. Oh man, there's so many people that have cosplayed like this photo. Oh, this is ridiculous. What a ridiculous, what a ridiculous photo. <laughs> Everybody, Google Oscar Isaac Cheetos chopsticks. It'll auto complete for you, by the way. When you It'll start to type Cheetos, it, it auto completes for it, you. It auto completes. But it auto completes not just to Cheetos, to Cheetos chopsticks. Yeah. Like very yeah. specifically. I told you, people know, oh. people know this picture. Oh. And, and that guy, that guy in that picture is a guy that I would love to spend as much time as is humanly possible with. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and there's a, there's a great one. It, I, I, it's uh, the know your meme link. I, I has a, a picture of a tweet. I, I, the, the trio working hard for eight. Uh, which is this is in the lead up to uh to the last jedi and it's got john boyega working out and his bicep is the size of my head um and then daisy ridley and her bicep is equally ridiculous and impressive and oh man that's one of the best things about that movie uh we've talked about my my uh i uh, I don't know uh, my my taste for uh, the the strong show. We talked about it when we were talking about the Matrix, uh, uh, but then it's got Oscar Isaac and he's just he's just in a sweatshirt with this toque on eating some Cheetos. Cheetos. 
<laughs> and it's like, this is one of the reasons why I love the man. It's one of the reasons why I know that I love him. Not in like the, oh man, I love that guy. It's like, no, 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 no. Like in a romantic way that like we, I, we could have a life together. Is that like these other, they're doing this other stuff and he's like, no, let's have some Cheetos. It's fantastic. I, that's more than an episode. We've been recording for three hours. <laughs> I, I was so excited because we started at a reasonable time and I was like, did. I don't have the brain space to talk about Joss Whedon. We won't talk about stuff for that long. Yeah. Surely, surely we can't talk for that long. Uh, we had made it out of the Oscar Isaac territory and you intentionally yeah, circled brought, us, back us back into it. I, because I needed a palate cleanser. I had yeah. to end on a positive note. I couldn't end on a bummer to Bummerville. I don't I think, to... I don't think it could be more positive than what I just did. <laughs> there you go. It's true. I hope, I hope that my love for Oscar Isaac is somewhat infectious and that, and that other there people will appreciate it. It is. You can't help, but also then want to love Oscar Isaac when you hear about, when you hear about, how you talk about him go and go, like, you know what i think that i don't love him as much as i should here's the thing i'm gonna give everybody some homework coming <laughs> off com, coming off of this one because because this is the thing is that like like i think that i think that a lot of us and and i'm guilty of this too it's like we spend way too much time just watching genre stuff and just just you know living in the in the marvel dc star wars disney harry potter universes of it all um with the franchises and whatnot. And it's like, if all you've ever seen of Oscar Isaac is star Wars and Dune. And unfortunately he was in that movie where they pretended that he was uh, apocalypse. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's called X-Men. The one where we one. pretended he's apocalypse. I, yes. I, if those are the only movies that you've seen of Oscar Isaac. So like, if that's all you've seen from him, I, I, I highly, highly recommend um, I still haven't watched scenes from a marriage because I just, I don't know if I can handle it. I, but I, I want to, but also I'm scared of it. Um, Triple frontier. I'd probably put at the bottom of the list, but it is good. Cause it's also got, it's, it, it's got a, it's, it's got like a full cast of awesome uh, in it. Cause you've also got uh, uh, Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal are in it. Uh, it's, it's like a whole, Garrett Hedlund's in it, Charlie Hunnam, which like Garrett Hedlund, Garrett Hedlund and Charlie Hunnam is like, they're the same person. I, it's, it's, it's weird that they put them together in a movie, but it's fine. Uh, it's all right. Um, but I, I, uh, man, where is it? So I uh, show me a hero, which was a mini series that he did is phenomenal. Like his acting. And that is so good. He's so, so good. Uh, uh, Ex Machina, which we mentioned earlier is fantastic. That's just a, like, that's a great, great movie. Um, and then a most violent year is another one where he is like, he's, he's so good in that. It's such a good performance. Um, and I think I heard that they're, that they want to make like a, a, a sequel to that, which is weird to me, but that's fine. Um, and man, he's in, he's in pre-production on a, France as Francis Ford Coppola in Francis and the God, like a, a movie about Francis Ford Coppola making the Godfather, which means that I will finally have to just like get over it and watch the Godfather because <laughs> I've never watched it. Um, even though I like 
me either gangster movies and i've just never watched it and it's one of those things of like it's been like it now it's been too long that i've never watched it that it's like it's a it's I, it's a it's shame i have shame but if he's gonna play francis Ford Coppola in a movie about him making that movie then i guess i have to watch it i correct Thank and God. man he's coming out he's he's gonna be he's gonna be solid snake and metal gear solid which is just like that's ridiculous um that's it that's the episode go watch some oscar isaac movies where he's not a character from a copyrighted uh uh, pre-existing franchise um (laughs) (laughs) uh and uh and and uh don't believe articles that want you to think that monsters aren't monsters it's like it's like if it's like if an article came out and it was like hey uh I know Godzilla leveled Tokyo. No, but this is funny. I know Godzilla leveled Tokyo, (laughs) but like his parents were really mean to him. So can we just let it go? Can we just let it go? You know, the people, but also gotta do the work. You gotta do the work, Godzilla. Also the people, the people of Tokyo. Do we really believe them? It feels a little bit like they're blowing it out of proportion. Maybe they maybe they're misremembering how he leveled their city. That's <laughs> they're misremembering how much we smashed the city. Yeah. Yeah. Actually Godzilla did rehabilitate his image because then he like comes back and fights other monsters and people are like, you know what? True. He's actually he's actually a hero. Um Yeah. <laughs> so Joss Whedon, save us from so Ghidorah. Godzilla. Save us from Ghidorah God, and we'll talk. Go. All right? Like that's the that's the bar. Godzilla set the bar. If you can't meet the bar, disappear. Disappear. You're still a millionaire. No one's taking your money away from you. Just go away. I uh, thank you guys for listening. Next week is an off the record. Uh, so that's only for Patreon. Uh, for the for the Patreon peoples. So go to patreon.com slash thunderquack and donate over there uh off the record is the five dollar one yeah that's five dollars you gotta pay five bucks sorry guys i don't know what i'm gonna talk about there's a real good chance i'll still be excited about oscar isaac and moon knight because i'll be reading the comic um i uh yeah i don't know i don't know uh and then we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the thunder quack podcast uh uh, will that be will that still be in January or will that be February it will is that... no that's still January we still got a little bit, little okay. bit left okay good it's I don't, the 31st, I'm not ready I think actually I think it's like the last I think it's like because January ends on a Monday so that's why yeah. we still speak in <clears throat> so it'll release on a fe- uh, in February but that's I'm not correct. ready for us to be yeah. that close to February yet I know it's the 17th yeah. right now as we record this but like no but it's upset uh, man yep it's going to be yep. another year of this, isn't it? Another year. Another oh, year. Come right. on. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Be kind to one another. And don't be a jerk. I don't know. I, th- I felt like I was in the middle of saying four things and I, yeah. I ended it. It seemed like there was a fourth one. I think the thing there now was. is that there it feels like there's a fourth one and you're just going to tr- you you're, you're like never going to find it. This is I'm all in the episode it. still by the way. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> Solid ending. Solid.
Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.